What's up, people? Hotep Jesus. We are back with another uncomfortable conversation. Welcome back. Welcome back. Welcome back, everybody. Shout out to the mods in the building. Steph Colonel, Ken Thoreau, Hotep Dutch. Appreciate you all, my homies. As you already know, I'm a three-time tech startup co-founder. Fourth one coming. Maybe fifth, sixth, tenth, hundredth. Going for it all. But all those links are in the description box below. One of them is an AI company. We do uh, retail space optimization as well as security, facial recognition, object recognition. We can detect things like the difference between a bear and a dog or a cat. We can even detect the different genders. A lot of great things happen with that company. It's Wazo AI. We just got our first investor, or I shouldn't say first, but our first big investor shout out to somebody who supports my channel I, I don't want to disclose his identity yet for his own purposes but great things are happening at wazo ai and i had another person hit me up recently who wants to uh invest as well so i think right now the company's valued at like 8.8 .8 million 8.6 million dollars great great things happening there also have coinbitsapp.com we have close to a million dollars in assets man under management Coinbitsapp.com, the automatic Bitcoin investing app. That link is also in the description box below. And all my good grifters out there and personalities and public figures that use Twitter. Jiffetize is the app that everybody's using to rip GIFs and videos from Twitter. That link is also in the description box below. We're talking to some potential devs that's going to bring, bring us to the Android platform soon. So look out for that. Today, I have a very special guest for you. Spoke to this gentleman before. He was one of the very few people that welcomed me with open arms into the crypto community. I love this guy. I kind of like this guy. He's like, he's a man's man, you know, and he's not like one of these bitch ass motherfuckers that we see sometimes in the crypto community. But I'd like to introduce to y'all none other than my homie, Vin Armani. Vin, what's up, homie? What's up, man? How are you? Life is good. Life is good, bro. Um, how are you? I, I'm in a tropical paradise, so I can't complain. You know, <laughs> yo, I see that. I'm like, yo, where are you at? And you, what'd you say? You said Saipan. Saipan, Saipan, which is a, it's an island in the U.S. Mariana Islands. So it's a U.S. territory like Puerto Rico. Um, U.S. Virgin Islands, American Samoa. It's actually north of Guam. It's in the same. Some people might know Guam, especially if they, they've been in the military. Yeah. So it's a big military military outpost there. This is actually in the same island chain. So you could think of it as an island chain, kind of like how Hawaii is. It's a little okay. longer, but maybe about the same number of islands. The islands are not as big as the Hawaiian islands. Um, and this is the main island of the northern commonwealth of the northern marianas Islands. so guam has its own commonwealth and then this has it this has a commonwealth even though they're in the same island chain and it's the again military it's like a very famous battle was fought here one of the last important battles of world war ii so there's all kind of world war ii stuff I, i'm i'm near the lagoon there's a big lagoon here there's two sherman tanks in the lagoon that people go and swim out to that are still there from the war and uh, it's, it's, it's a lot like Puerto Rico in terms of the tax system and all of that. You don't have to pay to the IRS if you live here. 
but mm. everybody born here is a U.S. citizen. It's U.S. law. You don't need a passport to come here, even though, you know, it's we're basically in Asia. So it's a four hour flight to Japan, four hour flight to Korea. Uh, you can even get to Russia, to Vladivostok in like a five hour flight. So, yeah, it's the other side of the world for sure. And it's it's calm, man. I'm, I'm, we came here in April. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad we made the decision to leave. And it's 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 dope. There's a little crypto community here that's that's bubbling. And so. So, yeah, that's, well, that's well, where well, I'm at. That well, was the so, move. So, so what made you just hop up and move? And where so you move there, from? I moved from Southern California. OK, so okay. <laughs> and I All moved. Right. Yeah. And I moved when that the governor started to started to get crazy in March. I told my family it's time to go. Right. So so my connection. So when you say family, with, what, what family are you talking about, like wife and kids or? Wife, wife and kids. Well, okay. I mean, I told my I told my whole family, right? Like I told my mother and, you know, my extended family that like I'm leaving. I don't know. I told them I don't know the direction that this goes, but I did tell them, look, I I see this turning into. Basically, people being snatched off the streets and thrown into unmarked vans, which we just saw. Right. So I said, I don't know how this. And they were looking at me like, what are you talking? This is a virus. What do you I was like, nah. Nope. Wait, nope. wait, I've, wait. I've, 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 what did you mean? We just saw somebody. We saw somebody get tossed into a van. Portland. That's oh, what these the federal troops. Yeah, that's what these federal police are doing. They're running around and throwing people into unmarked vans. Mm. So whether you agree with it or not, that's the. We've seen it before in history, and so you know, I saw the direction that 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 went, and my my professional connections in terms of with being involved with Bitcoin, my political views that I've expressed, the people that I roll with, you know, a lot of the people who have been canceled and censored are people that I've, that I have association with because I've either had them on my shows in the past or they're personal friends of mine or whatever. And so I was just like, you know what, it's time for me to go to a place where I can be a little more chill. My, my family doesn't need to really have that worry. And, you know, there's no lockdown here. People aren't walking around in masks. It's very Asian, a lot of uh, Filipino and Chinese. So the Chinese store owners are still like, wear a mask, you know, but people wear them in the people wear them in the store. But like I'm looking behind me because I live basically right on the beach and there's a group setting up here for what looks like is going to be a barbecue on the beach with like maybe 50 or 60 people. And I guarantee you not a single one of them is going to have a mask on. So that's sort of the vibe here. You know, there hasn't been any COVID cases here on the island for, oh, I don't know, three months, maybe. It's all been mm. people coming in and they test them and they test positive and they stick them in a quarantine or whatever. So it's like it's been super chill. I've been super productive. I think it was the right move. So I, I would encourage especially crypto people if they to, to check it out. There's a group called Crypto Frontier. That's really why I chose the spot, CryptoFrontier.org. And it's a brother. He's um, Stanford. uh graduate like he got his master's from stanford uh nigerian dude who went to china and started teaching in china and then mm. decided that he was going to go all over the the world and look for where was the freest place uh he's he's a u.s citizen but a nigerian descent and he found this spot and it has inspired you know people to start coming over here young dude and so i was able to come over and we've been doing a lot here so I would advise people who are in the crypto space, if you could work anywhere, especially especially young men, uh, you know, this is a this is a pretty good location for that. 
So, mm. so that's why I'm so, here. So you you are escaping the communism that is overtaking exactly. California. Now, what did your family say that's when right. you brought this information? Were they like, ah, oh, you know, like what was their reaction? Well, my wife was down. She was like, I'm ready to go live on a tropical island, right? <laughs> um, you know, I had gone to California because I had my, my second child. I have two daughters, and we we were in New Hampshire being a pro- part of the Free State Project. That's where I had established my company, Cointex, a cryptocurrency uh, SMS-based wallet. And, you know, you, you, have the, you have those kids. It's good to have the second – the the extended family around, especially grandma, you know, not being on the other side of the country and I could work from anywhere. So we went and that was really wonderful that I was back in my hometown where I thought I would never be again, but having those kids changed everything, right? Like being able to have the family around and, and then being around their cousins and everything. And so it was really, it was pretty joyous. So it was, you know, it was melancholy leaving. Of course it was, it was nice to get away from what I saw coming, but you know, obviously, my family was sad to sad to see us go, uh, but the the communism is uh, it's something else, man. It really yeah. is. It's really something else, uh, and I'm glad I'm glad we're gone. It's only going to get worse. Yeah, Chad Lemoyne says, "Shout out to Vin in the Nation." The mashups are on fire lately. He said, uh, "Can you grow your own food there? Is power consistent? Water clean?" And well, I think State Fuckery kind of just uh, you know basically said it's it's a really free place. Um, yeah, so yeah. can you grow your own food there? What's the power like? I mean, the Wi-Fi looks pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm actually sitting on Docomo. So if people who know NTT Docomo is the main Japanese um, telecom company. They, they've consistently always had the fastest internet connections in the world, and the fiber runs right through here. So like I said, Guam is a major military hub, and the, the backbone has always passed right through Guam to be able to support the US military from the beginning. So we get that, we get that spillover. So the internet here is incredibly fast and actually the mobile internet, they're very proud of the fact that this is Typhoon Alley. So they have typhoons here, which is a hurricane. That's what they call a hurricane in the Pacific. And they've had some some massive typhoons. The biggest, the biggest landfall of a hurricane ever was like two years ago the most powerful and it hit the southern island here but their mobile internet never went down the whole time so their Mm. people's power went out everything shut off but houses were blown apart but the mobile internet was still blazing broadband so they're they're very proud of that um the yeah the power the power is consistent Uh, it is you're in the u.s so i mean that's the thing you come here and i mean you're in the u.s the it's got all the bells and whistles although there's a you know everything has to be shipped in so there's not as much variety of things here but power is consistent except if there's a typhoon water is depends on what island you're on if you're on the southernmost island of rhoda then the water is like you can actually it's got famous springs here on saipan it's kind of like being in mexico you can use it for your dishes for your washing all of that but you don't drink it. So, but there's, you know, very established like water delivery and they do reverse osmosis. So they pull it right out of the, right out of the ocean. All the hotels have their own reverse osmosis. So it's a small island with, you know, tourism has been the industry. So all that infrastructure is here. And in terms of laws, there's only 55,000 people here in the Commonwealth. And the government is 
it's it's uh, they have what they call the familia system. So it's the Chamorro people, which uh, are the political. Basically, this is an island of people of color. That's the first thing. Like you almost never see a white person, even though you're in the United States. When you say um, people of color, you mean dark skinned people? Yeah, in, in, as dark as certainly darker than me okay. and as dark as you, for sure. The, okay. I mean, the Chamorro, if you look at Chamorro people and especially the Carolinian people, so the Carolinian people and Chamorro people are the ones who are sort of, this is their part of the world. Okay. Um, the, the Carolinian, pe the Chamorro people are a little more related to Polynesians and they've had more Spanish mixture. Mm. And they also had uh, the Germans and the Japanese who were in control of this island. So you'll run across these dark-skinned Chamorro people with, uh, you know, there's a senator named Hofschneider. And the Hofschneider family is a very powerful family. Not a single one of them would you think was a German, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, but, but they have, and then, you know, you have the Torres, the governor's Torres, you know? So it's like, you see these old influences, same with the Filipinos, but yeah, the Chamorro people, they, they are a little more like, they look more like Polynesian, kind of like a Polynesian, maybe Filipino, maybe Latino, you could say. And then yeah. the Carolinian people look more like um, like an Indonesian or like an Aboriginal from Australia. Right. They have they have that very very dark, very right. dark. So and they're from the islands to the south in Micronesia. So they've right. got you know they've got Afros and they got the dark skin, and so that's that's who controls the politics on this island. Okay. And that's who makes up the police force. That's who makes up the government workers. And they're all related to each other. Wow. So, so they're pretty chill. I mean, you really, I mean, you really don't get messed with about too much here. Um, very, very chill. And in terms of growing food, yeah, I mean, not only can you grow food, like, pretty much anywhere. It's got a year-round growing season. But, like, you know, you go into certain areas and you'll see chickens running on the street. Sometimes I'll see somebody, they do a domesticated deer here, so people just grow venison right on their own yards, and you'll see people rolling, walking around with deers on leashes. Sometimes you'll just see a random cow walking around eating the grass on the side of the beach road, you know, yeah. stuff like that. And, and, and the lagoon is filled with fish, and the ocean is packed with fish. So as you drive up and down, you just see people selling fresh fish all day. You see spear fishermen out in the lagoon. There's probably some out there right now if I look. Every morning I walk and there's just nothing but people fishing in the traditional way. So it's pretty dope. It's dope like that. Uh, I'm, I, you know, uh, I'm, I'm coming. I, I'm sold. Come, come, <laughs> oh, man, come. <laughs> I, as soon as I sell one of these companies, I'm bringing a whole fam out there. <laughs> <laughs> come, man, come. <laughs> yeah, and that's the thing. If you're a U.S. citizen, you don't even need a passport to fly out here. You can fly Hawaii to, to Guam to here or Hawaii to here, and you don't even need a passport. You just need your your state ID and you're good. Oh wow! How do they feel about growing marijuana out there? Oh, this is the place in the U.S. territories that has been legal for the longest. Okay, it's been legal here longer than like anywhere. Uh, people have been people just grow here. They've been growing, and there was a actually this population is the they did a survey in late '90s, early 2000s of you know, all these places and, and how, what percentage of the population smoke weed. So when they did it here, it was 22%. 22% of the population said that they smoke weed on a regular basis. Okay. So there's, yeah, they're super chill about it here. So, so 
I mean, they love reggae music. That's all you hear. So that's mm. the music of the island is just reggae. They like Jamaican reggae, and then they like the Hawaiian Polynesian reggae too. So you so you see them blowing trees all all the time with the reggae music going. You smell it everywhere, uh. and then they chew. Yeah, then they chew betel nut, with which is their like, which is a native kind of like nicotine. So you see betel nut being sold everywhere, and there's just like signs everywhere saying "Don't spit betel nut on these sidewalks," you know, because it stains. And then there's there's coconut palm trees everywhere, and so they make this um, coconut palm wine that's called tuba. So they just climb up the tree, slice a little piece, it drip it drips in, and then it ferments right in this uh, bamboo. And so you can go and buy that too. It's about five percent alcohol. So you know, it's just they're native. They're all about that. And the government has made all of that legal. So mm -hmm. all of that is legal for like people to do personally. They're like, it's a part of our tradition, you know, being it being at one with nature and everything. So it's yeah, it's super chill here. Oh my God. Damn, Vin. I I'm 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 I gotta come, man. You did You gotta <laughs> come. You gotta come. <laughs> yeah, before I forget, I got your shut up and code shirt right here. Oh what? It's, yeah, I got it. I got it. It's sitting on my desk. I'm gonna mail it out to you ASAP. You know, say it's coming to you ASAP. Um Thank you, you told man. me you was inside paying. I'm like, I can't send him no hoodie because <laughs> <he gonna, laughs> No, the no no use. It's it's uh Guinness Book of World Records says this is the place with the most consistent climate in the mm. entire world, and it's uh, between 70 and 85 degrees, 365 days of the year. Uh, wow. Wow. Yeah. All right. So if y'all if y'all find out I'm missing, I'm with Vin Armani. <laughs> <laughs> um, Chad Lemoyne, again, he said, cost of living, uh, vaccine, guns. He said, I got questions mm. for days. Yep. Guns. So guns is an interest. This is one of the most interesting place when it comes to guns. So it's basically constitutional carry here, but the native people are obviously after having been conquered by Europeans and then the Japanese and then having the entire island bombed to shit in World War II, they have a natural inclination against guns. Mm -hmm. So, you know, their history in many ways, like the Japanese did when the Europeans brought the guns to Japan, you know, the, the, the Japanese took the guns and then they had a moratorium for like a century where everybody else in the world was fighting with guns and they were still fighting with swords, you know, right. because they had just all decided these guns are no good. But that's, you know, the Spanish came here and they, the missionaries came here and, you know, in the 1500s and 1600s, it was the Bible and the gun that they used to to you know, take these people's land and, and convert them away from their traditional religion. And so while they've integrated a lot of that, the Spanish culture certainly into their language and whatnot, there's, you know, there's a big backlash from them about that. And they, they also, everything here in this culture is about family. It's a very, the, the politics is all familial. They have a system where the eldest member of the family is just the leader. So they have they have this immense respect for their elders like that. You could not imagine. It's like whatever the elders say, go. And the elders are. They take on that responsibility and that has not changed here. And so they have this big concern about the youth and, you know, not not a lot. There's no crime here. There's certainly no violent crime. Mm. And so, you know, they they have that concern. They're very conservative in that way. Mm -hmm. And uh, but but 
it is U.S. law here. So they tried to put on the book several years ago some some things about you can't, you know, you have to pay this thousand dollar uh, registration fee for a gun and all of this. Uh, you can't import ammunition. You can't do this. And so two guys who I actually have become friends with now, actually two great guys, uh, one Chamorro and one is a, uh, a white Navy veteran. They both did some pretty landmark cases here that nullified all the gun laws. Mm. Uh, the, fed- the federal court has basically said it's constitutional carry. You can't have any gun laws here. Mm. The interesting thing is the Chamorro-led government did not take the laws off the books, but they also do not enforce them. Mm. So it's kind of this weird fig leaf where they know that if they enforce them, they're going to have to fight a lawsuit and they'll lose the lawsuit and then they'll have to to be forced to take the laws off the books. Right. So they've kind of just left these laws on the books, but it's it's constitutional carry. If you want to carry concealed, no, um, no problem, not even without a license. There's a, uh, there's a, like a, you pay, I think $15 for this firearms ID card. So people just go and do that. And that's basically it. Oh um, man. Yeah. yeah. I love this place, man. Mm-hmm. What was, what was the other, what was the other thing? He asked about vaccines. Oh, vaccines and cost of living. Cost of so cost of living had been it's fluctuated and it had been higher. But if you ever wanted to come here, now is the time because they basically have had no tourism since March. Tourism was their main industry. And so the island is just full of basically fully furnished vacation homes. Mm. You know, we're talking from uh, bungalows and condos to you know, six, seven, eight bedroom houses. But right now there are like furnished. So I'll give you some ideas because I just looked at some. I live on a, a house on the beach. You can't own land here if you are not a Chamorro. Okay. Can't own land. You can have up to a 55-year lease on the land. Um, you can own a condo. You can own second floor. It's very strange, but you can't own the land that, that's underneath it. But like, um, so in sort of the premier condo development here which is called annex i just took a look at a place yesterday uh not yesterday last week fully furnished three bedroom two bathroom beautiful view huge deck a big screen tv apple tv and all of that eighteen hundred dollars a month but then there are also some houses like up on the hills that take a little longer to get to but fully furnished pool like six bedroom four bathroom um, two thousand dollars a month, right? So for hey, for I'm, that, I'm, yeah, I'm filing for divorce. I'm moving to <laughs> So it's uh, so now is the time uh, to now is the time to to move here if you ever wanted to because all of these places that were previously up on like Airbnb and whatnot, there's no tourists, so they're all doing you know yearly leases on them for cheap. Damn. So it's dope. It's like it's it's like a buyer's market. Now food more expensive. Everything has to be imported for the most part. There's a just a few local items, you know, ch- from chicken to uh, some local vegetables and stuff and those are all dirt cheap. Fish, mm-hmm. dirt, I, I mean I've never seen so so cheap. Mm-hmm. Um, but everything else that you would want consumer goods, it all has to be imported. So you got to keep that in mind. So that's a little more expensive. Electricity's about what you would pay in like a California or in New York. Phone is about the same as what you would pay for anywhere. 
uh, you don't need much gas to get around, mm. but you you are going to need a, a vehicle of some sort. And so uh, I'm just I'm renting. You could buy a lot. Now is the time to especially buy stuff on the island. But like I'm renting a what like a two year old Forerunner right now for six hundred bucks a month with full insurance and everything. So it's pretty you know it's easy easy to get yeah. by. Yeah. How are they with the vaccines? Well, I I don't. There's no kind of mandates here. I know that they probably would like children to have vaccines to go to the public schools, but most of the kids go to private schools here. The private schools are relatively inexpensive, and there's quite a few, both religious and non-religious. There's Montessori schools. Do um, You know, if we do this mandatory COVID vaccine, it's going to be really hard for them to enforce. A huge mm. percentage of the people here, even though they're U.S. citizens, don't even have Social Security cards or numbers. They don't have driver's licenses or ID cards. They certainly don't have passports. And there are not even any street addresses here. There's a, everybody's address is a P.O. box. And so, like, you know, when you go and you tell the Internet guys, you're like, OK, you know, the stadium. OK, across the street. And then, like, you know, the beach entrance right there. OK, like two lots down. And they're like, oh, the blue house. Yes, that's me. And they're like, okay, we'll be there. Or you do like a Google Maps and you'll drop a pin on it and then you'll send somebody the link. It's like, oh, I'll just drop a pin on it. Yeah, and that's how, you tell, that's how you tell people how to get places. There's no street addresses. Oh, wow. Yeah, I love that. I love mm -hmm. that. That's so dope. All right, enough about side paying because okay, okay, because because I'm I'm ready to leave my woman and just disappear right now. <laughs> I'll be back next month because <laughs> I will do it. God damn it! <laughs> I, I, you know I'm like I'm like this close to like book on my flight and disappear until September. Saying, you know, I'm we, saying. We might have to do Hotep. We were trying to plan HotepCon. You might do HotepCon out there, man. This fucking. Oh, disappear. this is a, this would be a great place for it, man. This would be this would be a great. We're definitely doing crypto conferences here. There's tons of hotels, and especially now, there's tons of hotel uh, room space mm -hmm. and beautiful hotels. I mean, you know, it's this is a this is a major tourist destination, mm. and so it's a. Yeah, it's dope, man. And I don't know that tourism will, it's been mostly Asian tourism. So I think a lot of that's going to end up falling off, even if they reopen completely, completely, which they're mostly reopened now. But it's yeah. just the flights, the flights coming in from Asia, maybe not till September. But United is still flying in here. The U.S. flights are flying in here. So, mm. well, if y'all have a crypto conference, call me up because I'm coming. And I ain't coming. Okay, good, the, yeah. And I ain't coming for the crypto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, so you know, for for the women, it's a it's a place of immense beauty, and uh, especially if you have kids and stuff, it's fantastic. You can come here, and the beaches are great. The water is warm. My family, my my wife and kids, spend pretty much every afternoon, every day, in the, uh, you know at the beach, these beaches, and for the men. Uh, you know, it's an island filled with uh, there's a lot of beautiful women that are native to this island or ha who have come in here uh, from a lot of different places. Do they have and, Instagram accounts? I'm sh I mean, I'm sure they do. I'm, I'm, as a, you know, as Damn. a. Uh, <laughs> we need some native women that don't have Instagram accounts. <laughs> well, I mean, I think that they're honestly people here seem to be more on Facebook. 
Okay. Uh, the Instagram accounts that I've seen have been, my wife is Russian, so she, there's a huge Russian community here, because it's not that far from Russia, right? Okay. And they've been here, they've been here a long time. So most of the Instagram accounts that I've seen, I don't spend much time on Instagram. Uh, myself, I, I can't really, I can't stand it. Um, my wife does, though, and she, you know, the Instagram account she showed me is all from Russian women who are here. Mm. But it's like, yeah, but I could see, you know, Russian women's Instagram accounts pretty much anywhere, you know what I mean? But um, no, I th most, of, most of the women here do not seem to spend that much time on social media. They're doing oh, other man. stuff, you know? Fellas, <laughs> your soulmate is in Saipan. Go get you one of them native women. Don't give her no <laughs> cell phone. <laughs> hey, go find your wife in Saipan. All right, let's talk. Let's talk Vin okay. Armani. Let's talk Vin Armani. Okay. I got some personal questions. Do it. What's, what's your ethnicity? You're not a whole mm. white man. I, got... Am I any of a white man? I'm half black and half Mexican. Oh, okay. All right. Mm -hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I'm about to say you little little dark over there. Well, my father. So, I'm kind of two. I'm kind of two weird ethnicities mixed up, though. So people are. So the Mexicans are like, what? I think black folks get it. They're like, oh yeah, he's, he must be mixed, right? Like that, that, like they get that. Oh, this is a light-skinned dude. But so my father's family uh, lineage is they're Creole from Haiti. So they're they're kind of they're they're a little more like on the red bone side, you know. Um, and then my mother's family is Sephardic Jews who escaped during the inquisition and and went into communities in northern mexico okay. so they're kind of weird looking and they've got these weird last names from uh like the basque region up there where they were from so you go to the cities named after them and it's like i don't know if people know much about the basque people but they're like they're like a different ethnicity like they're in spain but they're even fighting for um you know uh independence they have a different language that's not spanish you know, it's maybe closer related to like Hungarian or something like that. Mm. And so that's my family's kind of from that group. So. So, yeah, so I, I'm ethnically ambiguous, which is which has worked out in my favor. You know, I've worked it to the best I can throughout my life. <laughs> oh, yeah, you get it. Any, you can get fit in anywhere. <laughs> right. I'm black. I'm white. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, Can we talk about your past in that industry? Of course. Okay. Of course. So so uh, for people that don't know, Vin Armani was smashing hoes on camera and getting paid for it. He was part of the, the pornography industry. Now, I need to know, Vin, how old yes. were you at that time? And what made you say, you know what, I want to do this thing? So it's, it's interesting. I guess that you could say that I was part of the pornography industry because I was, because, I, well, Smashing hoes on camera may be actually the wrong term because it, on camera, technically I was the hoe because the, so the context of how this all happened was uh, in my, this, so this occurred like around when I was about the age of 30. I'm 42 now. How are you? Was a, yeah. I was a software developer, very established in my career, uh, as well as an entrepreneur, you know, with, with. Uh, several little small profitable side businesses that I was running, software related, technology related, and just 
got involved with the pickup artist community in LA at that time. Those, you know, people have heard of like the book, The Game by Neil Strauss and the Mystery mm. Method and all those. I just ended up running into those dudes because I was out and about. I'd been a DJ and in the entertainment industry. And so that, that nightlife, you know, you run into these people and just ended up getting really good at it. Was dating a lot of women at the time. One of them introduced me to this dude who she said, well, he's got a, he's got a straight male escort agency. And I said, does this even exist? Like, what are you talking about? Right? Like, so you're telling me there are women out there and this is everybody's reaction at that time. Right. Uh, was this doesn't exist. This can't be real. Yeah. Turns out actually was actually was. And so I met him and again, working my sort of, uh, ethnic ambiguity to the maximum <laughs> he was like you know what i think you you fill a, a a niche within our agency you know i think that i think there would be a demand for you amongst our clientele and was getting little gigs you know twos and fews like uh maybe maybe twice a month i go out on a on a thing make a couple extra gram per month and when i had first met him he told me you know we filmed a pilot for a TV show for Showtime about the agency, a reality show. Okay. We're, but I don't think you'd be interested in that, your software developer, all that. And I told him, yeah, yeah, you know. First off, I thought he's bullshitting me, right? I'm having a meeting in LA with a dude I've never met before. We're at like, a, uh, what was it, Mosaic Hotel in Beverly Hills by the pool. And he's telling me all this shit about an agency that I don't even believe exists and all of this. So I'm like, whatever, man. You, yeah, you shot a. Sure, you shot a, a pilot for Showtime. This is classic L.A. conversation, right? Just yeah. bullshit me. Grifter. And so it was all real. Like, it was 100% real. And one morning I woke up and he was just like, there was a, a message from him on my phone. And he said, Vin, you're on the show. Don't say no. And two weeks later, without meeting a producer or anything like that, I was in Las Vegas shooting the first season of the TV show Gigolos for Showtime. And we did six seasons of that. And I mean, and it was just it was about our agency and, and what we did. And, you know, in the meantime and in between time, it was the best marketing possible. So while while I did, while it was great making that TV money. Uh, it was even better, the money that I was making, you know, with my actual clients uh, because of the marketing that the show was doing. So pornography industry, I would say, like. Yes, I guess technically because it was there was filmed sex, but you know I was I was in the sex industry as an ex as an escort, and this was like you know filming what I was doing anyway. I guess you could say that just uh, just uncensored in that way. Mm. So that's a little that's a little more of the context. I would never do just flat out porn. Mm. Um, that's I, I I actually find that repugnant. But the thing that the thing that I the reason why I agreed with this show was because I mean all of the people on that show were like real people. So basically the the offer was essentially our agent before every season would reach out to the list of women who had contacted him over that year or whatever and say, "Look, are you interested in having a date with one of these guys?" Like uh basically Showtime is willing to foot the bill. If you're willing to let it be filmed, 
And a lot of women were like, okay, it's worth it to me to do that. And especially the ones who were like, well, I'm an exhibitionist anyway. And many of them ended up being becoming my clients later, you know, after we did our thing with the cameras there. But every, mm. it was unscripted. Everything that so you see is what you see. For Showtime. For Showtime. Oh, okay. For Showtime. Yeah. So, so if you run across clips of me on like Pornhub or whatever, those are clips that are coming off the show on Showtime. Uh, right, which you can, yeah, which you can get on on YouTube from Showtime's on demand, or you can watch on Showtime on demand, or whatever. But yeah, there was real, real sex with real individuals happening, not staged, not porn stars. It was the first time I had met these women, uh, unless they had been previous clients, and you know that was said on the show as well. And the interactions that we had were one hundred percent real. So. You know, as you see, the, as you watch those women being seduced by myself and my colleagues, like that's that's real. That's we were doing the real thing. So that's it. So so was this legal? <clears throat> so uh, prostitution is not legal. Okay. But prostitution is the exchange of compensation for sexual services, which is the reason why, uh, you know, the show was canceled. Uh, as part of cancel culture, but like on cops, when they would do the prostitution stings, they would always say, okay, you got to get him to say specifically like blowjob $20 and then he agrees to it, right? Mm -hmm. Like it has to, it can't just be, uh, you know, hang out because hang out is legal. So I never, I never contracted for sex in any way or sexual services. And most escorts at the high end don't. Mm. Uh, if, if somebody ever brought up sex, like in terms of like, oh, well, well, what can I get? And like, well, if I pay, I want to be sure that I can get X, Y, Z. That's it. You never talk to them ever again. Mm. So it's like my, I was always paid up front for a set amount of time. So you book a set amount of time, two hours, four hours, weekend, whatever it is. I show up, you're going to hand me an envelope full of cash. And then whatever happens, happens. Mm. And I'll, and at and at the end of the time I leave, and that is one hundred percent legal. Mm. You basically paying to be somebody's friend, paying for somebody's time and friend. time and companionship. Companionship yeah. is what you're paying for. Yeah, oh, and so man. you know, it's just you're not going to get very. It it whittles down the people who are not, let's say, who are not sexually open. Right, that business whittles down the people who are not sexually open because. Ain't nobody booking. I, I could have just sat there for two hours and looked at you in the face, right? And then walked away. Mm. But no woman is going to, that's not what she's paying for. So she's not booking you again. Mm. And most of my, certainly at the end of my career, I've been retired for almost three years now, but towards the end of my career, I would say 90% of my money came from repeat clients. Mm. Uh, if, and, you know, and a, probably 50% of that was from regulars who would see me every month. Mm. But, but, you know, I would see you build up a clientele over time. And so that it's like if you only see somebody once every six months, if you have enough of those people, your your calendar is full, mm. you know, and then you have the people that you see maybe once every quarter, you know, they would they would come into Vegas or they would have a, you know, conference season, especially. Oh, I'm back for this conference. You know, uh, that was very, very popular. So. So are you so yeah, dating? Are you dating at the same time or are you just like, you know what, I'm getting ass. So I don't really need to date. I was somebody who did. Not everybody does. Uh, not not all of the men in that business. And there aren't many. Some are married. So there are some married men 
who who do that. Um, I was dating the whole time, but most of that time, I'm trying to think if I dated like a square broad through that whole time. Maybe not dated, even slept with. I'm trying to think if I even because they just weren't interesting to me for the most part. Like like I was get if if you're a square, like you had to pay pay me right. That was how I looked at it. So. All of the women that I was seeing, like I was in long-term relationships with some of like the top escorts in the world, um, you know, so it was like, you could only imagine what that was like. And then, you know, they would always invite their girlfriends around and whatnot. So it was like, you know, there were some of the craziest situations that I had ever been in in my life. And then besides them, you know, little casual dating of like strippers or um, cocktail servers, which in Vegas especially those nightclub cocktail servers. I mean, you're fundamentally, you're in the sex industry, mm. right? You're wearing, you're wearing the same thing you'd be wearing if you were working at a strip club and you're, you're, you're being touchy feely and doing all of this. You're not giving a lap dance per se, but you're still giving that, that sexual social value to the point where, you know, they would have casting, they have casting calls, not anymore because the clubs are closed, but they have casting calls for those bottle servers and, the top ones at the top clubs make six figures in tips every year. Mm-hmm. You know, some of, some of them high six figures, like mm-hmm. because it's a thousand dollar bottle of alcohol for one bottle. Right. You know, somebody, somebody has got a, a $50,000 table that you're working and that's just one of the like five tables you're working that night. Mm-hmm. Well, there's 18% built into the tip on that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So, so it's like, they give you on top of that. Exactly. So it's like the, some of these women would walk out, especially on big nights. You might walk out with seventy thousand dollars in one night in tips. Wow. It's hard to turn that type of money down, too, right? That's what I'm saying. Well, why would you? Right. Why would you? But the the competition is fierce. So you know the big pool parties, the big the big mega clubs, those top cocktail servers. They all have Instagrams. You better believe that. And they're like 7 million followers, 5 million <laughs> followers. And they're a cocktail server. But they're some of the baddest bitches you've ever seen in your life. I mean, like beyond bad. And this is Vegas. Like, so they're Vegas 11s, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Vegas, Vegas is a whole nother world. I took my shorty down there for first time. Mm-hmm. She went to Vegas with me this year. And... um you know, prior to, I told her about the hoes, like the prostitution that happens out there. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was just pointing out, like, look at that girl right there. You see her right there? She's about to, like, pick up that dude. And she's like, mm-hmm. oh, my God. Like, she's like, her ass is hanging out. I'm like, yeah, it's, yep. It's, yep. it goes down out here, you know? It does. It does. I mean, that was, that was, um, I mean, it was a great adventure. It was something that I'm glad that I did. It changed me a lot as a as a person. I evolved a lot as a man, you know. But also part of that evolution was it's it's really it's pretty dark, man. It's pretty it, there. There are some dark elements to it. You really got to get in touch with your shadow and learn how to separate yourself from that, or learn how to let's say uh, get right with it and control it. Because I've seen it take so many people under, whether that's uh, drugs, whether that's depression um literally last week one of my co-stars i mean he's he's sitting in jail right now because uh i guess supposedly on some kind of drugs i don't know what he was on he he killed a woman in his house 
uh, strangled her to death. This is just last week. Wow. Um, and, and this is a dude who's like probably one of the most spiritually put together people that I've ever met, you know, deep into yoga, uh, uh, you know, and uh, his diet, nutrition, and, uh, you know, world travel, multilingual, just a really, you know, multi-ethnic, just a really like very aware dude. And like it can, if it can take somebody like that down. You know, I say I say my daughter, my first daughter saved my life. I tell my wife that all the time that she and my daughter saved my life, you know, because um, that easily could have been me. It easily could have been me. You, you have a lot of a lot of cash, a lot of access to all of the vices of the world at the highest level. And your ego goes insane. And then you start inevitably like you see a lot of dark stuff you see a lot of occult stuff around you you see you see the sort of spiritual and mystical way that that power really happens and it's very tempting and you go you, i mean it's very easy to go into the dark side of that whereas like i think the that's that's why i, I really i really have liked recently reconnecting with and seeing the things that you're doing and like the 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 entire hotep concept is really the light it's the light side of that you know what i mean mm. that it's the it still has the i the mystic idea when i say mystic i say it as versus materialist where it's like mm. belief and consciousness affects and changes reality oh yes you know, you, you, as a, as opposed to the materialist view that says well reality is fixed and mechanistic and measurable but that's not true. <laughs> like, that's not true at all. I look at an airplane flying through the sky and I'm like, that airplane wasn't there at the beginning of existence. Right. You know, human beings have been looking at the sky and that was supernatural, but it's really not. It's about belief. When a human has a belief and a conscious being has a belief, the degree to which they could change reality, look at what Kanye is doing right now. Yeah. I mean, the degree to the degree to which a conscious individual can change reality is massive. And so the question is, do you go towards the left-hand path or do you go towards the right-hand path? And the le that left-hand path is powerful too and darkness, but it's that metaphor of selling your soul to the devil. It will destroy you because it's got to eat from some energy and the energy that it eats from is your soul. Yes. But whereas when you take the right-hand path, the energy is from the most high. And there's not a, not enough energy that could ever be taken out of that. So you have an unlimited battery. Your battery, spiritual battery, never runs out because yes. you're you've made a connection to the Most High, you know. And so that's that was for me. I was on that left hand path and immense power. Like I recognized that there was immense power and immense things that were happening. I was living a fantasy life, you know. I could yeah. have anything, literally anything that I wanted. And, and more would just be there. Mm. But it was, I could feel it pulling and taking from me and who I was was changing, you know? Mm. Mm. And my, my daughter saved my life in that way. She really did because um, she's a very, she's a very potent being and it was a very auspicious time. And my wife is a very spiritually powerful woman in her own right. And it's just like, saved my life, man. Mm. I mean, you just said some powerful things about, I want to say a decade ago, um, I, I tested that 
that I tested the waters, right? That very much, I, I love Star Wars, right? So mm-hmm. I tested the dark side, right? And I said, I know there's power here. And I knew there was power to the other side, right? Mm-hmm. So I tried, I, I attempted the other side. I literally felt the power, but as you said, it pulls from you. Mm-hmm. So bad, bad things started happening around me. I was doing well, but bad things started happening to me that started affecting me and then started affecting the ego. And I said, oh no, oh no, <laughs> we're going, we going to the light. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. I, I, so you said something earlier though, I want you to expound upon. You said being in touch with your shadow. I've heard people say things like this before. Um, I, I think I have an understanding of what this means, but can you give the people that are watching an understanding what that means to be in touch with your shadow? Yeah, so this is this comes from, I think, best expounded by Carl Jung, the psychoanalyst. So he's kind of the counterpoint to Sigmund Freud. So you could say he's the mystic to Sigmund Freud's materialist, right? Uh, two different ways of approaching psychology. His idea is that really that, you know, Freud is, Freud is very mechanistic. You know, he says, if this, then this. You know, if you were exposed to this in your childhood, then it's going to express itself like this. And to a degree, Jung is, follows some of that, but he also says that there are some built-in archetypes, spirits, gods, patterns, however you want to say, that's built into our, to our being and that it, it will express themselves. And the shadow, you know, we walk around in the world and we have our persona, our mask, and there's a, a persona that society needs us to have as well. The ego yeah. personality. The ego personality. And, and for the most part, for most people, it goes toward, let's say it goes toward the, what we would, I think, call the righteous. Okay. Um, the, civ- the civilized. Civilized mm. is a better way of, of saying it. Okay. That, but within us, and the reason why we are even on this planet, you know, at the end of the day, human beings are the most badass predator that has ever existed on the face of this earth. Um, we keep monsters in cages, you know, things that terrorized our ancestors, we keep them in cages. We can make them go extinct. Yeah. We decide We decide if that species gets to live and continue on this earth or not. That's something a shark can't do. That's something a tiger can't do. I don't care how badass they are. They can't just decide that an entire species that formerly preyed on them will is no longer able to exist and not to mention all the ways that we preyed on ourselves Mm. and so the shadow is that part of you and civilization requires that we push the shadow down but the shadow the shadow is the predator it is the predator aspect of you and how how do you truly protect yourself or your family your people from monsters if you have no capacity for monstrosity mm. and so it is this delicate balance of getting in touch at the deepest level that you can with the monster that is inside of you the shadow while at the same time keeping it at bay so you have to become friends with it. You can't hide it because it's a part of you and it will come out at the moments that you don't want and it will come out in ways that you don't want it to, mm-hmm. right? Uh, it, it, w- it will come out. So, so maybe you are not 
you know, actively attacking people physically on the street that piss you off. But because you're not in touch with your shadow, somebody pisses you off on the street and you come home and you start drinking because you're trying to get that, that frustration away. Your boss pisses you off or whatever. And then your kid comes into the room, you know, being a little bit loud playing yeah. and you go after your kid or your wife, you know, and yeah. that's because you don't have your shadow under control. Hmm. Um, and so you're, you're not, you're not at peace with that aspect of you. And so that's, that's really, that's really what it's about. And I mean, a lot of my journey that's been helpful with that. I've done nearly 20 ayahuasca ceremonies now, and that was very helpful, but you know, my last one was, was also quite interesting because I feel like, you know, ayahuasca is a, a South American, I guess you could say tea brew. Uh, DMT is kind of the active ingredient, but it's very, there's additional things happening and you definitely feel a female, ancient female spirit that sort of comes and guides you through this interesting experience and you get a lot of insight. But sort of my last one, it's it was kind of like a send off, like, okay, you don't really need this anymore. I, I don't have anything else for you. Mm. Um, you know, and I think that a lot of that was because I had reconnected. This is a, you know, this is a, a, a what you might want to say, pagan, uh, you know, an ancient form of spirituality. But I think that as I connected more with sort of the, the what is the more evolved monotheistic metaphor, um, the Judeo-Christian metaphor in many ways, that it was like, there's more power there. It's a more powerful, more evolved system. You know, obviously that first monotheism coming from out of Egypt. And then, you know, the last thing that Sigmund Freud wrote, Moses and monotheism, is basically, you know, he wrote it on his deathbed saying, yeah, Judaism is uh, uh, the, the ancient Aten religion. And Moses was, you know, a, a refugee of the Aten cult. He was a high priest of the Aten cult. And here's the proof that mm. this is all Egyptian. And that, that this is all started by Akhenaten and that this is the advancement of that mystery school science. That was the last thing Sigmund Freud wrote. Hotel. A, a, a European Jew was Moses and monotheism about how Moses was an Egyptian uh, priest of the Aten. Uh. And so that I, I think that that is true. I think that is the stronger metaphor. The, these, these old systems, plant medicine, shamanism, are helpful. But you eventually are going to evolve to the the much stronger system. Ah, uh, y'all heard what he said. That shit come from ancient Kemet, ancient Egypt. Hotep, God damn it, Hotep. Um, great information. We we we're not just gonna slide right by this topic like that. You, we got a lot to expound upon here. How much time do I got with you tonight? Or, or this as much morning? as 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 much as you want, man. As much, right. this is this is this is important. I've been looking forward to this. You know what I mean? So yeah, I mean as much as you want, man. I picked I picked up a vibe from the a couple of times we spoke and I let my spirit guide me. I said that on on Rogan. I let my spirit guide me and my spirit said um I asked my spirit I said who should I interview next? And Vin Armani came to mind. And now I'm seeing why because Vin Armani is a mystic and I consider myself a mystic as well. So what led you and I don't get to talk about this stuff much because you know as uh Jesus said, you don't throw pearls to swine. So I love having these conversations with people who are on that same plane of consciousness. 
What led you down this path to even, was it the ayahuasca ceremonies or was there some reading and studying that happened prior to, you know, what, 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 were you always studying, you know, alternative roots of spirituality, so to speak? Yeah, for as long as I can remember. So my father is a very uh, spiritual person. Um, and he, he really impressed upon me some, some of this mysticism. And really, really, you know, in, in terms of it being important to be a man, that you had to be in touch with this. And he's also an entrepreneur, was, he, he, he passed away earlier this year, and very like... Uh, God bless, God bless. Yeah, thank you. And, and very, what would I say? He was a man, a man of faith, very much about uh, having a dream and that, that, that your dreams and doing something new and novel and pulling into other dimensions and pulling that from out of uh, pulling inspiration from out of other dimensions was always a big thing to him. And he impressed that upon me. I was all, so I was all, I've always been open and, you know, I was blessed really in my teens because my father's background as a tech entrepreneur, I always had computers around me. And then, you know, the early days of the internet, but also bulletin boards and whatnot, this was the type of knowledge that was out there because those early individuals, you think of what you think of what they were coming from out of um, even even the mathematics of it all. Like I, I, if people haven't read the book Cryptonomicon, I know it's a super long one, but uh, it's great on audiobook too. Um, it's uh, if you're into Bitcoin, it's basically a, it's a science fiction novel or it was a science fiction novel. Now it's like historical fiction that is about that takes place two families, these two sets of characters that that their children meet up starts in World War II with the code breakers and then it goes to some guys who are creating something like Bitcoin but it's also about like cypherpunks and uh, cryptography and all of this amazing adventure story uh, that spans all of these years super well written science fiction classic and one of the things that I love is that there's real characters in there like Alan Turing who created the first computer and who broke the Enigma code the Germans Enigma code that helped to win World War II and so computers are what we call Turing machines. The computers that we have, he's basically the, the inventor of this, and he did it to, to break the German codes to, to win the war. And, you know, there's a, he's having these fictional discussions in there with one of the characters, but you get this idea that this, the math is mystical that's behind this. You know, these initial, these initial guys who created this, and I think you also see that you, we get to see it again in Bitcoin. You know, with the religious veneration of the white paper and all of these things that the inspiration for these things comes from out of another dimension. These are people who are tapped into something else. And yeah, it's technology, but like it's mystical first. Yes. The idea is mystical first. Yes. It comes from somewhere else. Right. And so in the early days of the Internet, when you really had to be searching around for Internet for information, this is what was out there. All the stuff about, that's where I got learned about UFOs and people talking about, uh, you know, uh, astral projection and uh, mind control and neuro-linguistic programming and all of these. And I was like, what the fuck is this? Right. I'm like 15 years old. Nobody else is talking about this shit. Yeah. And and so then, you know, it, I think it was also and we've talked about this before. Uh, I then went to Howard University for for university. And this is in the mid mid to late 90s. 
in D.C. And there's a lot of hotep uh, in D.C. at that point. And so that was the yes, first time that I was exposed to, you know, Nuwabian Moors. And you go down the go down the list. Right. And especially on the on Howard's campus. And I was like, wow, there's just so much so much more going on here. And then in my formal studies as well, you know, the Afrocentric view and of, of, of philosophy. And that's what I, I mean, that was that's my education is in philosophy. It's and being doing it there in particular was like. You know, it, it really it, I really saw this this much kind of broader horizon. And so that never really went away from me, uh, you know, but I. And then I was involved in, in the rave scene and psychedelia. And so getting exposed to all of that as well. And, you know, uh, exposed to every kind of psychedelic drug that's, that's out there. So seeing that sort of new age side of things. But I, but I never revisited. I was really much, very much against um, organized religion. I didn't have time for the Bible. You know, I was raised with it to a certain degree but never really got into it. It was the last thing I wanted to read, the last thing that I thought was of any value. And it, it was probably about 2014 or 2015 that in an ayahuasca ceremony, which is a very serpentine, it's a vine, so you get all these sort of serpent visualizations. The movement is very serpentine. It's the vine communicates to you as a vine moves, you know? So there's a lot of snake imagery and all of that people see jaguars too which have a very kind of like motion like this and i just got this revelation that it was like you need to look at genesis because the serpent told the truth mm. i was like what is it what the fuck is that like what does that even what does that even mean yeah and so that took me on a journey of like going back into that book and seeing that there was reflections of the other things that I had known, that I had learned over the years from uh, Eastern mysticism, you know, the Egyptian, the Sumerian. So seeing all of these things come together, and I ended up doing a. Uh, there's a video series that I did, 2017, I think it, I think it was called the Ascendant Project. That's on my YouTube if people want to check it out. So it goes into this sort of how this all happened and the esoteric nature of that. But again, I was still on the left-hand path. Okay. Right. I was still, I was still seeing this as, oh, these hidden messages that are in this, you know, this is from the Egyptians and this is, you know, this is hidden and it's a message to those on the left-hand path and it's a message of power and it's, it's secret information for the priests and like those, you know, to worship to worship these these ideas of the most high and all of that is like that's for suckers and like there's no power there and all of that but you know i think the, again it was just like hitting that that level of deep darkness and then having you know my life shift and seeing this new life come into the world when i'm at that point and knowing that like well this isn't sustainable like this dark shit is not sustainable Mm. Uh, for my child it's not sustainable for me as a father like oh okay now i get it and then then i was immediately able to see like oh that's the most high like it's the idea that like yes this is the power but there's got to be something at the top of the pyramid yeah right and it ain't me it ain't me right it ain't me right. I, I i'm not here yeah. like it's it's 
it's got to be something bigger than me and it's got to be something that I wake up in the morning and I'm in awe of. And and I'm pushing toward and trying to to be more like and more of. And so that was that was when it shifted for me and all of the stuff that I had learned all like came into one it's 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 like it, it like a big bang, you know? And it was yeah. for me it was very much like a new start and so I went from somebody who I would call like beyond an atheist because I really believed that it was a mechanism and that it was like a trick. Right. To to somebody that where now I just I I live my life on faith. Yes. Almost to the point where to the point where sometimes I'm like dog you're are you crazy or something like and, you know I talked I I talked to my wife about it constantly and I'm just like it's about faith everything that has happened like our life is good and everything that has happened is because faith like yeah. so just have faith and you know when she's worried or or concerned about something or whatever I'm like look just look at the past and look at where faith has gotten us so just have faith yeah you know yeah yeah you 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 actually hit on something that's really real and reminding me of what I said when I went down that dark path and it was denial of the most high. That's really what it was. It wasn't like I was doing anything particularly dark. It was just denial of the most high, denial of the higher consciousness and saying, no, I am the God, not a God, mm -hmm. the God. Right. And mm -hmm. and and like you said, there is power in that. But the darkness comes with it. Right. The dark entities of the physical mm -hmm. realm and the spiritual realm start to surround you so you'll have oh man criminals i mean, and drugs. <laughs> I, mean I mean that's the scariest part about it is yeah. like you know and i mean i guess that's something that i've glossed over and it's kind of weird because it was actually it was one of the most impactful things that was the wake up for me was while i was at the same time that i was gaining a lot of power i was lit there were physical demons embodied as individuals who were latching on to me at yeah. every step of the way yeah yeah and and like to the point where people you know like i talk a lot now and people can't really get it but like i talk about i, I use the term psychopaths but what i'm really talking about is like predatory entities mm. you know and 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 these are you know, it's, I hate to use the, the word possession, but it's like, I really feel like I have been possessed by different ideas or entity, uh, not entities, but energies or ideas as I have moved through my life. Yes. Right? And, and there are some people who are possessed by certain energies and certain energies interlock with each other. Yes. And when you're, when you're on that left-hand path of darkness, that people who will come around you and lock into you will be powerful individuals mm -hmm. and at least initially will seem like they are raising both of your power but they are also exactly what is going to destroy you parasites yes yes for sure they're they're looking for that power right they're looking for that power and if you for an instant deny them the power that they started out to come to get oh man they, they're ready to destroy to destroy you. You may as well. Not only should you not exist, they want to to obliterate you into atoms and suck the atoms into themselves. Oh. Your your destruction, the energy of your destruction, will be the next fuel for them. Oh. 
Cell Saga. <laughs> you you watch Dragon Ball Z? No. <laughs> okay. Dragon Ball Z is this guy called Cell, and Cell he basically sucks the life out of you, right? And and, and absorbs your power. Uh, and then that part was called Cell Saga. Yo, that's exactly it. You're bringing back, you know, uh, those memories that I had when I when I knew about the dark side and was like. Y'all, fuck that. I'm going to try this shit out, you know? And I, mm-hmm. and it, you know, it, it wasn't long until I said, you know what? Nah, this, I'm too much of a punk for this shit. <laughs> so I had to leave that alone. And then coming to, like you say, the right. I love how you use the left versus the right. My pops mm-hmm. always, you know, you know, something I related with too is you said your dad was very much in spirituality, right? And I relate that to that too, right? Like my dad is the one that introduced me to mysticism at a very early age. And taught me how to hone my intuition as a child, right? Mm-hmm. And then, like you said, like we, we, we kind of veer off the path. And, and then when you veer off the path, you actually lose that connection with your intuition, right? You lose that connection mm-hmm. that the Most High gives you to manifest things. And then, so I always hear my dad, sometimes he even text me, he says, stay on the path. Or he used to, like now I'm on the path, so he doesn't do it anymore, but mm-hmm. he, he'll sense it and he'll say, stay on the path, stay on the path. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and that and that's so important, you know. And that's something that somebody just retweeted just now on um when I was talking about Joe Rogan, you know, he's saying, you know, uh, what contributed to some of my success. And I'm just like, yo, like straight up faith, bro. Like saying, like yep. this is going to happen, and believing it, right? And mm-hmm. and and so like I, I tell people all the time, I say like I don't work, right? Like I'll just mm-hmm. draw shit into my 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 cipher, mm-hmm. and. I don't, I mean, I do work. I do, you know, we got to, you have to sure. do or at labor, work and pray, right? But mm-hmm. I don't have to work as hard because I'm using the power of the most high, mm-hmm. you know? And it, mm-hmm. it shows you the way, mm-hmm. you know? Oh man, Vin, I had no idea you was this deep, right? <laughs> so when was your first ayahuasca experience? I think that was, by the way, is my, I'm seeing my cam being weird. Is my cam being weird for you? Yeah, it'll come back. On the broadcast? Hold on. Let me, uh, let me see if I can. There you go. Boom. Yeah. Tech. Okay. (laughs) Uh, yeah, my first ayahuasca ceremony would have been 20, it must've been 2012. Mm. I know what house, I know what house I was living in at the time. And that was also the same year that I bought my first bitcoin so it's a so i remember that location and i remember the year so yeah it would have been 2012 that was my first set of ceremonies so my first cycle of ceremony so how do you hear about it is it's like you know you're on youtube and you know because that's how i mm, first heard no. about ayahuasca it was like youtube or does some shaman come up to you out of the blue and say hey you need to have this experience vin well ayahuasca does it like you learn over time that like she she calls and like this well, this is and this is another way that like in that experience, I definitely understood that like spirits are real. Like all of this stuff is real. Like when you have an experience, you can't and it's actually happening, what are you gonna deny your own experience? Then you're just a fool. Yeah. Right? So like all, all of this but basically what happened was I had known about ayahuasca in sort of 
you know, nebulously. Like I say, since I was 15, I had been involved in like the rave scene, a psychedelic culture. And okay. again, with like my researching of all of these shamanism and alternate spirituality, I knew that there was this tradition of ayahuasca, part of shamanism and all of that. Um, Terrence McKenna had talked about that, you know, I had heard Terrence McKenna talks where he was talking about that and mushrooms and DMT and whatnot at that time. And so it was there in my mind. And just one afternoon, I was just driving down the street uh, in, in Vegas, and bored, and passed by this strip club and was like, oh, they're open. Let me just go in and get a drink, right, in the afternoon. And just popped in next to nobody in there, a few girls dancing. And just one sat down next to me, and she just had, like, just just interesting vibe, right? You just see somebody, and you're like, oh, you got an interesting vibe. And we started talking. I don't know how we got into a discussion of uh, sort of psychedelics, uh, you know, and, and that, sort of, that sort of spiritual work. But she was like, oh, yeah, I've, you know, ayahuasca has been great for me. And I was like, oh, what, you've done ayahuasca? You went to, like, Peru or something like that? And you did all that? She's like, oh, no, no, there's a group here in Vegas kind of like a secret invite only group and they bring in shamans and they bring in the ayahuasca and all of this. And she's like, I've been, I've been doing it for a couple of years now. And I said, ah, well, I want to, I want to go, I want to be part of that, that group. Uh, you need to give me your number. And of course I'm sure I don't, you know, she probably thought whatever I was trying to hit on. And maybe I was, she's, she's pretty hot. You know what I mean? So, yeah. I was, but at that, at that moment I became interested in, nothing from her except access to this group and so she did give me her number and then i bugged her for like the next two months like about every three days or so uh. i'd be like yo can you connect me with and she was always like oh they're out of town nah, 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 nah. eventually she did connect me with my uh with who ended up organizing and bringing in shamans who's now a shaman her name is cat courtney uh i had her on my show the Vin Armani show if people want to go on YouTube and just look in Vin Armani cat with a K K A T it'll show up uh, and she's been she's been an organizer for for that amount of time she's since then really developed her skills she was an apprentice but my first ceremonies was with a shaman liner who was like straight out the jungles man like straight out the jungles and you know mind-blowing experience but it was it's basically this private group and if you know somebody and they think you're cool, they'll introduce you. And then if, if you check out, you know, the first they got to say, okay, well, tell me your background. Tell me what you're interested in. Tell me your experiences in the past. And then if they like you and think you'll be a good match, then, you know, you're invited to come and sit in for a ceremony. So I took, I took full advantage of that. Through, and then I, and I introduced people to that group as well when, during the time that I've been a part of it. Does it taste like ass? It's pretty bad. Yeah, so I heard. It's, uh, it's it's um it's hard to describe the taste for for most people. The first time they try it, it's not as bad. Okay. For, uh, because you haven't thrown it up yet. So there's this. I, I guess there's this this natural sort of human memory thing where if you've eaten something and then you've gotten sick and you've thrown it up, oftentimes people will no longer like the taste of that thing, even if they liked the taste of it before. And so when you first taste it, it tastes like maybe like dirt and honey and unsweetened chocolate mixed together, kind of. Mm. Mm. And then with a, with a kind of a planty essence, maybe, and they're like a bark type essence. And then 
even now, like, from then on out, if you even think about it, you start to get nauseous and sick to your stomach okay. because it's, uh, you, you know, it makes you throw up. Does uh, it? You purge. Yeah, you purge. That's part of the process. And it, it times it out with, like, it's been, I call it like a psychic massage. It goes in, makes you deal with things you haven't wanted to deal with, you know, and then you purge. And what's crazy is that, like, people will purge and they'll see a black snake come out of them. Mm. They'll see, like, I've had a situation where, like, I purged and I could see, feel, and hear gushing stuff coming out. And I could feel the weight of the bucket that I had, you know, increasing with this black mass that was filling it up. And then in the morning when, when I come out of it and I go to, like, clean my bucket out, there's, like, a little bit of spit in it so nothing so you actually didn't purge much at all no but i saw the psychic purging right so you're purging the negative the negativity out of you and you see it Mm. like you see it and you feel like you feel like you're vomiting it's vomit yep but often but oftentimes there's not actually nothing has come out of you you just completely you saw it it while while in the uh ceremony Wow. 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 So what about the dreams that night? Are you having like crazy dreams while you're sleeping? Uh, so, so you don't, you don't sleep. (laughs) Um, you, you, you do it at night and it generally lasts until the morning. It could be between four and eight hours, depending upon how massive your dose is and whether you re up the dose during that time, you have a shaman who is singing songs called Ikaros, which are like these ancient songs. And they're monitoring shamans. I've, I've sat now with four or five shamans and the most experienced of them who talk about it say that they actually see like a grid almost uh, a gr- an energy grid. And they can actually see changes in the energy grid depending upon what somebody's going through in their particular experience. Mm. And like this is really real because like you'll be sitting there or laying there and you'll be going through something really bad and you're not moving. Right. But you're going through something. And then all of a sudden, there's the shaman right up on you singing, you know, to get you through that period, blowing the sacred tobacco on you, you know, like getting it. And then you you calm out so they can actually see things happening of just people like laying there. They can see what's going on. It's very strange. Mm. Right. But this is the this is the this is the spiritual practice. And um, so what you get for the most part for most people is. You know, there are songs that sort of take you in and induct you. And my experience has always been that you sort of feel this thing coming on and then you close your eyes and this tapestry sort of comes in front of your eyes, waving. Uh, The colors are like the colors of the inside of the ayahuasca, which is like a red and a blue. And it's waving and waving. And then a certain part of the ceremony comes on and it actually like opens this tapestry like opens like this and then you go in Mm. and now you're in the space and she's going to do whatever she's going to do but it's generally like go into something work through it insecurities that you had um pain from your childhood things that you hadn't wanted to think about whatever it is things that gave you you know especially insecurities in particular and what's so interesting about it is uh, this is why i say it's like a psychic massage that she makes you deal with the insecurity. You got to feel it. You're mm. going to feel it 100%. This mm. is what it is. You feel it, feel it, feel it. 
sucks, maybe you purge, and then it's like a weight has been lifted off you, off you, and you blast into like some amazing sacred geometry, or you're in the jungle, or you're doing something, and you get this cool little like Candyland experience. Wow! And then okay, back to do some more work. Let's go. You know. So mm. it's like go in, go in, go in, release. Go in, go in, go in, release. And the the most interesting part, and when I knew this was real, was going into an insecurity. You know, things that I had not wanted to think about, things that I had not wanted to deal with, you know, issues that I had had with my parents or whatnot, things that I couldn't forgive from people, you know, that even just thinking about it pissed me off, mm. made me angry. Mm. Dealing with it in a ceremony and then after the ceremony and forever after that, thinking about it and there was nothing there. Mm. No anger, no insecurity, not upset. Couldn't make myself angry about it if I wanted to. And I was like, okay, this is real because I can't even fake this. Like this has made me angry for a decade. And now I think about it and I'm not upset. And then it becomes really easy to pick up the phone and say to somebody, you know what? I forgive you. Mm. We're good. We're good. Cause you really do. Mm. You're like, I'm over it. I'm literally really over it. It seems and like so, some sort of resolve with the subconscious mind. Yes. That's, that's, that's exactly what it is. That's mm. exactly what it is. And it's, you know, I think you're unlocking things and you're, and thus the purging metaphor, right? You're holding on to all of these things. And this is sort of opening doors. And this, this spirit, what's so interesting about this spirit and why, why people who have done ayahuasca are, are so convinced that this is, this is real is that you feel an old female spirit, a grandmother, and men feel it, women feel it. It doesn't matter what your cultural background is. It doesn't matter who you are. Every single person is like, yes, it's a, it's a grandmother. And she's a harsh grandmother, right? <laughs> so, so the first, my first ceremony was so interesting. She, cause a lot of people have said that they got this. I had never heard this before, but you know, I went in, you you go in thinking, oh, I've got some problems or issues or questions I want to ask. I went under, I felt the spirit there fully with me right and she was sort of waiting for me to do something to interact with her you know mm. and so i said all right i came here i've got i've got a question like you're conscious my question. you're conscious at this point but in this world you're in this world and the interesting part about it is that like you can very easily pop out you just open if you just open your eyes yeah you'll have a little bit of visuals but you'll be out of it you can put yourself back in or back out you can take yourself as deep as you want but okay. you can come out of it whenever you want, mm. right? You can pull yourself out, okay. but that's, but you're defeating the purpose, you know, right. but a lot of people do that throughout the process and they don't get shit out of it. Mm. So in this moment, you know, I say to her, okay, here's my, I don't even remember what my question was, right? Here's my question. Here's my concern. And there was a pause. And what came back was, oh, little child, <laughs> that's not, that's not your question. This is your question. Boom. And here's the answer. Boom. And I was like shot into fucking outer space. And I was like, holy shit. And a download. It was like a broadband download of information. Like brrr, just coming in. I was like, okay. <laughs> okay. And it was the answer. Wow. It was the answer to the question I didn't even know I had. Oh, that subconscious question. It's crazy. It's crazy. Oh, shit. You know? 
So it's, but the, it's a practice of surrender. I think that that practice was the most important in terms of me being able to go on the right-hand path because the right-hand path is all about surrender, right? Faith is all about surrender. Yes, it is. And, and what we see, the real problem as you look out into the world, resistance. Mm. Like whether you, whether you want to say like, what's the real problem of what's happening in terms of all this COVID shit and the lockdowns? What's the underlying behavior that's taking place? Or if you talk about the, the, the protests and the, what is it all about? Resist, mm. resistance. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, 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 resistance. That's the devil. The devil is the one who resists. The devil is resisting. Talk to him, Vin. Talk to him, Vin. That's Satan's. Satan is the resistor. Yes, yes. Then we get to it. <laughs> you understand? It's like no, no, no. You and and how do and how do you resist God? Mm. How do you resist a hurricane? How do you resist a typhoon? How do you resist a volcanic eruption? Right? How do you how do you resist? How does a woman resist her her uh her menstruation? Yeah. Huh? What's she gonna think her way to not bleeding? <laughs> she gonna what she get? What's she gonna do? The yeah, and and so that's what you see throughout it throughout it all is that it's like the answer is not in resistance, man. The answer is in surrender. Mm -hmm. Surrender. Mm -hmm. And it's like, yo, there's a virus on the loose. It might kill you if you're not healthy. Yo, surrender to that. So what does that mean? Well, get fucking healthy. Healthy people aren't dying. So what does that mean? Get your nutrition together. This is a time for you to exercise. You, you've been waiting for you've been waiting for a reason, huh? You couldn't motivate yourself to get to the gym. Okay, it's life or death now. But instead, what do they do? They resist. They close the gyms. Mm. Mm. Yo, what mm. what do you need to be healthy? I will tell you straight up. One of the most important things for myself for health is being able to be out and about and communicate with people. Yes. I can't tell you how many workout tips, nutrition tips, and whatnot I've gotten from meeting people in bars, mm. friends of friends. Hey, come meet us for a drink. And then I spend two hours talking with somebody who changes my fucking life and makes me more healthy, who puts me up on some supplements or who puts me up on something that I should be doing, you, you know what I mean, with my, with my exercise routine or how I should be stretching or, or whatnot. Mm. And what have they done? They've closed down our ability to meet with strangers. Mm. Mm. How the fuck are you going to be healthy? Mm. Yeah, the conference is very important. Yes. Dog, you got, I mean, we are each other's, like, if you shut down our ability to communicate with each other and even to, to communicate the inconvenient things, you know, cancel culture, censorship, mm. all that. How think about how much of these conspiracy theories are health related? Very, very many. Mm -hmm. Very, very many. The concern is that X thing is happening and it's going to make us less healthy. Whether that's vaccines, whether that's 5G, doesn't really matter whether you believe in it or not, because there's valuable information inside of all of that. Whether you think you should be getting a vaccine, whether you don't give a shit about 5G, these are people researching the health effects of the environment. Yeah. And if we're in a time, if we're in a time when we need to be healthy, those are the last fucking people. You, what you want to be healthy, and you're going to shut down the people who are devoting their lives, whether you agree with their conclusions or not, to researching the health effects of what's going on in your environment. You're an idiot. Yeah. 
you know, and it's the same thing. It's just, for me, it's really been the same thing with the, with these protests, right? Is that it's all about, that's the reason why they don't, they have no demands. <laughs> right. What are the fucking demands? <laughs> Defund the police is not a goddamn demand. That's not why you're out here. Right. Like, what are your demands? What do you want? No, they just want to resist. I'm angry. Okay, you're angry. That's good. But what do you want? You just want to destroy shit? That's resistance, right? As opposed to saying surrender, it's like, look, the world, the, there is a history that has led us up to this point, right? And our, 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 our goal moving forward is to not repeat the mistakes of the past, mm -hmm. you know, to stop the sins of our fathers right here. But we have to acknowledge the sins of our fathers to go full circle. If you're going to tear down the statues that represent your shadow of your history, and you don't get in touch with that shadow, it's going to express itself in other ways. And it's going to come back again, too. Every time. Every time. You have to recognize the sins of the... The sins of the father are, are, are visited upon the son because the, the son doesn't learn. Mm. You know? When mm. the son learns... and the, Because, the, you know, the, the, mm. the root of sin, the word sin... Hamartia is about missing the mark. So when they're talking about that in the Hebrew Bible and they're talking about sinning, they're talking about like firing an arrow and missing the mark. That's your sin. Mm. Right? Is that you didn't hit the target. Mm. You were aiming for something and you missed. And, you know, hopefully that would be you're aiming for the most high. You were aiming for the righteous path and you weren't able to do it. But it's like. If you don't see that you missed, if you don't, if you start taking the arrows out from where you missed, how are you going to readjust? Right. If you, if you don't know where you went wrong, how do you readjust? Yeah. You can't. You can't. You know, it's like if, if you're, if you're, you know, going know and shooting and you're shooting to the left, it's like, well, adjust to the right. You need to adjust to the right. But if you don't know where on the target you hit, you're fucked. Right. And that's okay. what you that's what you do every time you pull down a statue, every time you rewrite, try to try to memory hole some history, and that's mm. what Orwell is talking about in 1984. You can't correct yourself if you don't know where you went wrong. Mm. 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 God damn, Vin. Fucking me up tonight, man. Is <laughs> Chad Lemoyne on uh, 199 Super Chat. I'm ethnically ambiguous on all paperwork. <laughs> Shout out to Chad. Uh, Raider uh, said, uh, thank you both, uh, Hotep and Bill. Yeah, that's like the thing, like, right, like, shut up and code, right? Like, that's been, mm -hmm. that's exactly what you're saying, right? It's like, don't resist the coming wave of communism. Build your own and make communism irrelevant. Make, That's right. So, you know, people say, you know, you know, the we have status and we have the state. Well, the state exists because everyone keeps taking the left path. So now the people mm -hmm. on that left path have an excuse to provide the demons to join with that, 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 that evil spirit within you, within that shadow mm -hmm. within you. But if you chose the righteous path, these demons that control the state would be irrelevant mm-hmm mm -hmm. well you have to invite the vampire in like that i mean that's the thing that we're talking about the demons attaching to you right like mm -hmm. i and i know that this is probably true for you too but it's like i was if i look back and i'm honest with myself i was actively seeking them to attach to me 
Mm. You know what I mean? Mm. Like if I'm honest, yes, I could yeah. I could put it on them, but there wasn't a single time that it, that that I didn't even pursue them, right? Like I was given an opportunity to just wash my hands. I didn't take that opportunity. I was like, and the reason why, again, because I thought I was at the top of the hierarchy. I thought mm. I was at the top of the pyramid. Oh, I can handle this. Yeah. I see, I see that this person is a, a, a problem, but I can handle this. And this is like the Faustian bargain, right? This is, mm -hmm. this is going back to the whole occult notion and the story of Faust is that he believed that he could summon demons, but he was Faust, right? right? I am the great Faust. I can handle these demons. Mm. I can handle this. Maybe somebody else couldn't, but I can handle these demons. And we hear that over and over and over. And it doesn't matter whether your demon is, is like a, a, a high-level, psychological, archetypal, mythological demon, or whether your demon is just in a, a form of a bottle, you know, or a bag of powder, or whatever it is, or gambling, mm -hmm. you know, mm -hmm. whatever. Mm -hmm. uh, everybody's always like, I got it. I can handle this demon. Well, that's because you think you're the most high. Mm. Mm. And then you notice that like the most effective way of beating those demons, not, by far, 12 step. And the first aspect of 12 step, like Alcoholics Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, that shit actually works. Yes, it is. It does. It really works. Like you talk to people who are hardcore drug addicts or hardcore alcoholics. It's the only thing that works. Mm -hmm. And the very first thing that you do is you have to admit, I'm not, that's the first step. I got a problem. I'm not the, I'm not the most high. Mm. I got a problem and I can't solve it because mm. I'm not the most high. Mm. There's something else at the top. Of, you got to put something else at the top of the pyramid. That's mm -hmm. why people say, oh, this is a, you know, it's a religious cult. A lot of that's the, that's what a lot of people say that it's about religion. But it's like now nah, you miss it. It's just that religion is about the same, is the description of the same process. Right. It's right? the ritual. It's that, it's, it, well, it's like somebody realized that there's a most high. Akhenaten mm -hmm. realized that there's a most high. Right. That, that this is the real evolution of our system. Mm -hmm. that, that, you know, they had had a system for thousands of years that had been working pretty good. But obviously it must have reached a point of corruption where it wasn't, the technology wasn't sufficing to take that society forward anymore. Mm -hmm. And so mm -hmm. they had to innovate a new psychological construct. And that construct, what we call monotheism, the idea of the Aten, the idea of the Aten is that there is a, we need to, instead of having these diverse points that we look to and, and, wor and worship in these various cults, we as a society need to have a single Thing at the top of a value hierarchy so that we can have a shared consensus. Mm -hmm. And then we need to figure out what that is. So it's like the, the worship of the Aten, they had gotten the point that like we have to worship a single thing. We have mm -hmm. to have a single thing at the top of the hierarchy. What they hadn't gotten to yet, because that could only evolve over time, is what are the characteristics of that? Mm -hmm. Right? So Moses leaving. And Moses evolving it into the Ten Commandments and evolving it into the covenant with the Most High. The idea of the covenant is, okay, if we agree to do this, the Most High will agree to do this. So if we do this, we'll get this. So that's your beginning, right? And then you last for a long time where you've made this deal and, and that's kind of your, 
that's the Lord, that's Yahweh, that's the that's the, you're a servant, you know. Then you get to Christ, and Christ says, no, it's a little bit of a different deal. You kind of got to do the same shit, but it's just your relationship to the Most High is different. The Most High isn't your Lord and Master. The Most High is your Father. Mm. So the it's it's not it's not that that this idea or entity wants you to serve it for no purpose. You're serving because you are meant to rise and to be able to be an example and a conduit and to grow into an adult as a father cares for his child so that the child can grow up to take care of their own children. Mm -hmm. right? And so like, and, and that's where you're able to get the relationship that we have with children now, which is very different than the relationship that other societies have, have had with children. And certainly Western societies have had with children, right? And it's got, it's, of course it's a double-edged sword because then when you say, oh, I'm a special being, you also get the negative. You get the communism. Yeah. Right? So it's like yeah. you, you get the you get the positive and you get the negative when you have the new evolution of, of thinking. But it's like I think we're actually primed for another evolution of thinking. Mm -hmm. And I think we may I think we may be witnessing it happening. I mean, people, you know, this whole Kanye is crazy thing. People are absolutely wrong. Like this dude is pushing forward an idea, or he's in a lineage. Yeah. Right. Is he's in a, in a lineage. Yeah. And so people got to listen. You know, he's channeled it. He's channeled into something. He's having a hard time articulating. But having done ayahuasca ceremonies, I understand what he's going through. Right. And, and then I've had at least one experience. Uh, it was actually after, weirdly enough, it wasn't because of this, but I think it was auspicious. I had traveled up to Toronto and as part of a, seer, a week of very high spirituality level shit ended up uh at one of jordan peterson's bib biblical lectures back in 2017 there was okay. only like 200 people in the audience and he was talking about the old testament and i was in toronto at the time and i got home and for three days that was just one of a series of many many things so i was just on a high level for three days man i didn't eat i didn't sleep i thought it was going crazy i really mm. did um i i had energy i was getting incredible downloads of information difficult to articulate you know i've talked with other people and they've said that they've had the same thing same amount of time two three days no drugs involved no nothing but having done so many psychedelic drugs i was like i'm high right now i'm on a psychedelic high like this is crazy yeah right and uh, you know but it put me into a fast state and all of this uh. And you and you know now I fast regularly and at, I I get inspiration but not on that not on that level and it's like what he's what's happening with him he's in that state obviously all the time and some people some people obviously just they just naturally are and so you got it when someone's in that state man you got to listen mm. you got to listen mm. you know they're channeling and they don't they don't even know and and now I'm starting to understand why he why he's constantly shushing people and, and saying, no, let me, please let me finish. Please right. just let me. Cause you're cutting that stream. Because the, the, the stream of information that's coming in, if he doesn't keep talking, he can't go back. Right. It's got, it's coming in real time. Right. Yes. So it's like, it's a live stream. Yes. So he's, he's trying to communicate the live stream. And it's like, if you interrupt him, you, there may be some important information in this po point of the live stream. Yes. 
that that may be important to explain what's coming next. Right. So you just need to let him finish until he's done, like a ch- right. like channeling, right? Like like uh, Casey or one of these channelers from the past. Yeah. Yeah. And and there's a few people who show up on the earth who are able to do that, and it's like. If you don't think that this might be a dude who's able to do that, well, he's a multi-platinum selling artist, a billionaire. He's married to arguably the most desirable woman on the planet. He's a household name. You know what I mean? Something special is happening there. Something special. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. so yeah, man, I, I think, I think we're, I think we're primed sort of what hit, what his, rise and him doing what he's doing right now says is we're primed for a next evolution of mm. this thinking this mode of thinking like a, a a return to that so i'm real interested to see what that looks like yeah you you hit on some great points there with kanye you know the stream of consciousness um and how upset he gets when people interrupt that and that black girl is really her you know working my nerves because kanye was in that midstream of consciousness and then she like bark and it's just like damn like let my man finish his thought like i wanted to hear that like he was going somewhere Mm -hmm. with that and another thing Mm -hmm. you said was you cannot put god in the words you cannot put the most high in the words there are some things and some feelings and some essences you can't you can't translate into the english language Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. when people say he's having a hard time expressing himself it's because the language he's been given doesn't allow him to first and foremost and also the thoughts are so high that when they come down to the lower plane if you don't give yourself time to understand you'll never understand if you don't give yourself time to translate what he's saying you'll never understand what he's saying but he's Mm -hmm. saying some really deep and then people would talk about how he broke down right and how he broke down crying and um, I was talking to my friend last night about this. He's like, oh, he was a bitch. He broke down crying. And, you know, I let my nah. friend talk. He just, he's just, you know, whatever. But I'm like, I think that's a, first of all, he's a human being. Like, this is the first time we're seeing a human being or a celebrity. Usually celebrities have to keep this, like, facade up, right? And he's dropped that facade and shown you his ability to be vulnerable in a live crowd and in front of the media Mm -hmm. and i'm like how it it speaks to how evil people are and how left path people are to make Mm -hmm. fun of somebody for crying about his decision to not abort his child Mm -hmm. and they look at that as weakness they looking at his weakness but really it's strength Mm -hmm. he i mean i think also what people got to realize is that, you know, he was feeling that in the moment because, again, he's channeling, yes. right? Mm. So it's like, he's it's back not at like, moment. yeah, it's not like it was, it's not like those were prepared remarks. It's not like he had even come on that stage thinking he was going to talk about that. And so he had thought, oh, how am I going to phrase this and all that? That's what's so different about what he's doing mm. is that it was like, it was in the stream of consciousness. And you know what? Again, in that spiritual moment or in an ayahuasca ceremony, it is incredibly common for someone in the ceremony to all of a sudden break into sobbing mm. because they didn't expect what was coming. 
in the mm. stream of consciousness. Mm. And it hit them at the deepest of levels because they've left themselves. In order to channel like that, you have to leave yourself open. Mm. So when he's in this moment, he is an open, raw soul. And so it hit him unexpected. Yeah. He's, he's just channeling, right? He's channeling, and then he channels that through, and it's coming through as a feeling. You know? Yeah. Like, like you say, it's not the words, because it's it maybe some of it is coming through as individual words, and he's str stringing it together as words, but right. it's coming through as a feeling. And so it, it came through as the feeling of, Imagine if you imagine if you killed your daughter. Right. Right. And it, and it was he got to feel the feeling of him killing his daughter, who mm. he loves more, literally more than his own life. Mm. He got the and any parents. I have I'm sure you have in a in a weird moment or whatever, you get the feeling of what if I lost my child? Mm. You know, or you read something in the news or something and you mm. feel it mm. and it shakes you to the core in mm. that moment. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But if you were a raw soul that was just channeling in that moment, of course you break. There's nothing else you can do except mm. break down. Right. And he was trying to get himself back under control. Right. Right. But but what more like he broke down in the way that he would break down had somebody just told him that his daughter died. Right. Because that's what he had just been told. Right. He was given that to he was that was channeled through him to experience the feeling. Mm -hmm. And it was through experiencing the feeling that he could have then the further discussion that came after that that he needed to have and brought that woman up on stage to talk about abortion and to talk about it in the way that he did. To have the empathy for all the sides and to present it in the way that he did, which is a way you've never heard a presidential candidate talk about or or anybody who's even involved in politics or really anybody period talk about the abortion issue yeah right 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 I, that's why i said this is the first time we've had a human run for president that's right <laughs> yep. yeah yeah because everyone else is playing a role and i think kanye understands how to play a role and also how to be conscious of playing that role. Some people lose themselves in that role and you see them break mm -hmm. down later on in life, right? Like some YouTuber I know committed suicide because he didn't know who he was. He was playing that YouTuber mm -hmm. role for so long. Um, you might know who I'm talking about, but I can't recall the name. But Kanye is, he's, he's very conscious. You remember the, the, some of the first albums he's saying, you know, we're all self-conscious. I'm just the first to admit it. Right. And he's yep. talking and he's always discussing materialism and mm -hmm. the good and bad of materialism. Right. So when people mm -hmm. say Kanye changed, I'm like, no, Kanye didn't change. He evolved. That's right. He's getting better. Yep. Yep. And he's I mean, and I think he's he probably. He got, you know, he got in touch with the most high. Like I knew that when I saw that that uh that sunday that the sunday service choir got invited to coachella i did a tweet and i said uh kanye west is a very important person and the world is going to find out very soon just how important he is 
Mm. Because w- what I saw in that moment was I saw, you know, a, a reflection of very much kind of like what my own journey had been, that I saw somebody who was like, because that Yeezus album came out at the same time that I was in that really dark left-hand path period of my life. Okay. Right? So like, so I was able to very much be like, okay, you know, when he's saying I am a God, I was like, I'm feeling this, like, this is exactly, I know where you're at. I know exactly where you're at right now, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. except his is just on a much more magnified level. You right. know, I'm a very simple, I'm a very simple person. So, you know, my life at the time, you know, I had a degree of celebrity where I couldn't walk through a, a airport anywhere in the world without people stopping me and wanting a picture. You know, mm-hmm. I had more money than I could spend. I had, you know, my, my pick of some of the most beautiful and desirable women on, on the planet. I could wake up and drink if I wanted to or wake up and work out if I wanted to. I wasn't under anybody's control. I had great clothes and car and was living on a golf course and, uh, you know, country club in Las Vegas. And like nobody can tell me shit. <laughs> and, and, and plus and plus I was feeling all this power. You know what I mean? And I was like, OK, yeah, I got it. I got it. I feel him. But then when I saw that transition. You know, I was at a similar place in my life where I was like, yeah, there's there's you got to be pushing towards the higher ideal. And I saw him pushing towards that higher ideal and not giving a fuck Mm. about what other people might say about that. Still concerned. And you hear that on the album and you hear it in his interviews when he talks about it, like mostly concerned that 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 Christians doubted him, Mm. you know. Mm-hmm. That was that. That's the interesting thing that it's like you hear that over and over is that like Christians Christians doubt him, but that's like Christ. I mean, the Jews, Christ was killed by his own people, by yeah. his own cult. Yeah. You know what yeah. I mean? Mm-hmm. That he was just trying to expand and push forward and, and and articulate what he had gotten on his own spiritual journey. You know, whether it was be, his baptism by John and, 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 you know, the spirit just descends on him, whether it was 40 days of fasting, that'll do it to you too. And Mm -hmm. being tempted by the devil. And that's, that's that moment, right? That's the left-hand path versus the right-hand path, because that's the the story. Luke and Mark are the ones that have it is that it's like, there was a period and you, and, and when you think about it, you really get it. And when you see it through the vein of like a Kanye, you really get it that it's like, here he is. And the devil says, nah, you can have, you can have all this shit. And you know what? He could have. He could have. Because he was a powerful individual. Mm-hmm. 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 We know that he was a powerful individual. So there's nothing to say that had he gone down there and played the Pharisees game, that he would have been in charge of the temple in no time flat. Mm-hmm. Mm. And he could have had everything and he could have played with Herod's game and he might have even been invited to Rome to sit with Caesar to help mm. oppress his people. Mm. And there's no doubt that 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 could have happened. Mm-hmm. That's what we're being told in the story is that like there is a choice that was made, you know, Indeed. and so and and that's the. That's really what that's really what we're seeing now, and that's what people don't like, and that because we're in a society where everybody is striving for that that left-hand path, you know, when they're right. when when it's like I, I'm gonna, you know, a, a woman who's showing her ass on Instagram, okay, you got five million followers off that, okay, now what? Because if you start losing those followers or something happens, you might take your own life, mm. you know, 
you're you're reliant upon them. When they were talking about, I, I read some story. You know, Kanye said this COVID thing was a pause, so we didn't TikTok ourselves out. <laughs> and there was a there was a story, and people were like, "What? What? What's he saying?" Well, India started banning TikTok in certain areas because of the Chinese co connection. Yes. Go look at the stories from India of the big TikTokers who had like a million followers. I saw one the other day where this dude literally said, when I woke up in the morning and saw that my followers were, my TikTok account was gone, I felt like my God had been taken away from me. Mm. This is a quote. Mm. And I'm seeing that's how people are feeling. Even the people who have talked shit on YouTube, when they get canceled, right? Yeah. You may as, you may as well have taken their God away from them. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. and it's like, well, you thought you thought you there's somebody you forgot there's somebody above you. You know, you forgot. And 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 your identity is locked up in that. But I think the thing that like someone like yourself, someone like me, you know, I watch my co-stars. I was on a fucking star of a TV show on Showtime for six seasons. Mm. You know, that that does your identity. That level of pe people don't understand. A lot of motherfuckers watch Showtime, and it was syndicated all over the world. So, like from Prague to Panama City, I've been stopped by people who speak languages I don't even speak, <laughs> telling me telling me that I'm their hero and shit. Their hero, <laughs> right? And I don't know nothing about you. I don't even know what channel you watch the shit on. I don't speak your language, right? This is being translated to me. But like I watch my co-stars. And, and their desire to keep it going, to have another season. Oh, we got to have another season. We got to. By the time season six rolled around for me, I was, man, by the time season two rolled around, I was ready. I was, if this doesn't go on, I'm good. Right? Mm. I had already been, I had already had an identity. I knew that I could step into another identity. I could step into another piece of my life. That was just an opportunity for me to go to another phase and have more success in that phase of my life as well. Right. Like just as this has been a phase in an adventure to say, OK, I grew. Thank you. What's the next thing? And that's right. part of faith. That's part of faith, mm -hmm. you know, but that's what people are like. Especially with the social media shit, man, like, as I say, I was on the early Internet. This all of these platforms are going to go away. All of these platforms are going to go away. And they're going to go away before you're old. They'll probably be gone in the next 10 years, or at least they won't look the way that they look. Right. And the next big thing will come along. And guess what? You with your 5 million followers on Instagram, you're going to be like the top person on MySpace. <laughs> Where are they now? Yeah. You know, or the, or the chocolate rain guy in the early days of YouTube, those early YouTube celebrities, or yeah. the, 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 the top Vine person. Mm. you know yeah they're all it's it's all temporary so what are you doing you've locked your identity up but like you if they took away your twitter right now if they took away your youtube right now you would go you would still keep it moving yeah. you would be like well this is this is an opportunity for me to either find another platform change up what i'm doing write another book focus more on my businesses whatever and whatever comes there you'll have just as much success yeah if not more yeah 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 yeah. You know, it'll suck for a minute, but you'll be like, okay, well, shit, next thing, keep it moving. Yeah. Yes. Somebody asked me, he said, yo, what would you do if um, Twitter deleted, if, if you lost your Twitter account? And I'd be like, and I said, 
I'd probably throw a party. Like I'd be like, <laughs> you know, I'd be like, the, you know, like that phase of my life would be over. Right. Like, mm -hmm. you no, know, I would mm -hmm. say, you know, like, like, thank you. I'm glad that happened. But mm -hmm. I do so much other shit that Twitter don't make me. You know, like people like, oh, you got right, 130,000 exactly. followers. I'm like, yo, I got an AI company too. You know that, right? Right, like, exactly. Like exactly. I'm, an, I'm an author, right? Like I'm a thinker. Like, exactly. you know, like I've been in startups for like the past 10 years. Like this shit, like if you think of me as a Twitter nigga, you do not understand me. Exactly, exactly. But people want to be, right? They want to attach their identity to these small things. Yeah. And again, that's the left-hand path. And that's the idea of like Akhenaten was like, why are we attaching our identity to these small gods? You know, this this Nile River crocodile god cult or this god, uh, this Horus cult over here, or this Isis cult over here. He's like, man, stop that. Yeah. Stop that. Yeah. Go, most high, one, pick the top thing that is above everything and go to that yeah. because it doesn't matter what you take out down here. You can never take out the most high yeah. never. Yeah. And that's like a people who want real power. That's where you go to. And, and, and I really feel like it's interesting, man, like yourself, you know, I, I, I saw a video yesterday from Maj Touré, like some other people who have their, 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 their finger in the politics finger in business, all brothers, right, who understand, but who are also really approaching this period of, of time in not resistance, but like a, a, an acceptance and a moving forward of like, how do we move this shit forward? Mm. Mm -hmm. That to me is the most hopeful. That's where all the hope is. You know, I got I got a, a buddy of mine who's uh, who's big in in uh, the world of Ifa, which is like the African Kind of like I guess it's where voodoo comes from and all of that, you know what I mean? So it's like uh, it's a West African spiritual tradition. He had been predicting that something like this was coming or whatnot, but he's like, it is Africa that is going to, and the 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 thought of Africa as it's moved through the world, that is the solution to mm -hmm. all of this. Mm -hmm. And you know, and, and he said, the culture knows it because look at what look at what uh. The resistance movement, Black Lives Matter. It's like, well, why do Black Lives Matter? Mm -hmm. Black Lives Matter because the answer is in African thought. Mm. And if you kill off all the Africans, you don't get the solution. Uh. If you kill off the if you kill off the thought, you don't get the solution. So stop killing Africans uh. because the answer is there. Yeah, yeah. That's why Black Lives Matter. Uh. That's why all lives don't matter. Like they do, but not as much. Uh, and um, that's not to say that every black person has the answer. Right. Obviously not. But as individuals of African descent, we have genetically and culturally, we have an ability that we don't have to do so much remedial shit to just feel it. You know what I mean? To just uh -oh. feel it because if we uh -huh. were raised with it because the rhythm of the thought, the feeling and all of that is in our bones. So we don't have to get used to the shit. We just have to sit there and think about it and be like, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that's it, man. That's it. <laughs> and, and, and yeah, and this is the, I mean, 
but but we actually have to do it right and i think that that's again it's like the left hand path the right hand path mm. yeah, we we have to just be like okay we accept it this is our role we need to move forward this is what we believe we need to move forward with those beliefs fuck like we in malcolm's way but we don't need to be even even so sort of uh, aggressive about it he had to put it out there in such a way that like others can't participate or whatnot but i think you know, with with the Hotep movement is a prime example. Anybody, you could participate. You know what I mean? If you're willing to adopt the values, ain't nobody going to stop you from adopting the values. Right. Adopt that shit. Like, it's good. Yeah. So that, I mean, this is. Yeah, yeah. Our, our, our role is to just move forward in righteousness, knowing what we're doing is right and to stop resisting. If that's the only thing that I could say, it's like. Mm. Stop asking for that old world back and let's just build the new. The new. Right? Yeah. We don't have to tear down the old temples. Mm -mm. We don't have to tear down the temples to Isis and Osiris. We don't have to pull down the statues. We don't have to do any of that shit. Mm -mm. Right? Because Akhenaten didn't do that. Right? When they, when they took back over and threw out the Aten cult, they wiped his shit out. Yes. Carved over, carved over his shit, chiseled away the symbols of the Aten all of that, but he didn't wipe their shit out. Right. Right. Because right. there was no need. Right. We're building a new. It's just, we just go to the most high. It's like, it's not, we don't even, we just need to build above where we're at. Right? So we're here. Let's just stand on that foundation and then build above it. Yes. Yes. Yeah. So many people ask me, they say, you know, we have to tear down the system of white supremacy. We have to tear down the system of capitalism. I'm like, technically, it's not really much wrong with the system. We just have to perfect it. We have to make it better, right? There's the, like, well, like so. So if you want, so white supremacy is a prime example, right? It's like, well, you have a problem with white supremacy. Well, what's the problem? Well, whiteness is supreme. Okay, we'll just put something above it that it's not supreme. <laughs> yeah, yeah. How you can't have white supremacy. If the most high is supreme, because the most high isn't white, black, red, brown, none of that. Yeah. So how do you eliminate white supremacy? Put something supreme over everything. Yeah. And then it's done. Yeah. If you have a culture that already has a supreme, you can't have white supremacy. It's impossible. Right. Because supremacy, supremacy means at the top of the hierarchy. Yes. That's the supreme. Yes. Yes. Build your own so shit. Build That's your it. own culture so, up. So when Kanye says this is about God and God's people, yeah, if God is supreme, white supremacy is done. Right. Right. It's over like that. Yep. Like instantly. Yep. Instantly. You want to end white supremacy? Put something above everything else. Mm. 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 And then just go to that. Uh. Uh. Because all they uh, all they want to do, if you tear apart white supremacy, well, then what's left supreme? What's the next thing down? Well, do you even know what the next thing down is? Maybe you don't want that shit. You don't want that shit. <laughs> That's maybe, gonna be worse than maybe, that. maybe the reason why there was white supremacy was because white supremacy was better than whatever was below it being supreme. Ooh, talk about it. So what <laughs> happens when you tear down this to white supremacy? You huh? go backwards. You go backwards. You go back to whatever was before it, which was clearly worse. Otherwise, white supremacy never would have got a foothold. Mm. 
And it might have been worse for Africans, too. Mm. It might have been worse for non-white people. Mm. And I could tell you that actually it is. I could tell you that absolutely it is. Because all of the things that you're trying to use to pull down white supremacy is the reason why we have white supremacy. <sighs> Rule of law. Right. The, the respect of human rights of man. We hold these truths to be self-evident that all men are created equal mm -hmm. and endowed by their creator with unalienable rights. Rights you can't take away. That's fucking human rights, people. Life, liberty, pursuit of happiness. That was written by a white man. And before that, there had never been a government based on those rights. OK. That was a Eurocentric view. That was a view that was coming from Europe. Okay. And so they said, well, only Europe has this shit. They looked around, looked around. This comes from Europe. Europeans invented it. Now the problem was that they were like, well, that means Europeans are better. No, that's not what that means. That just means you have the next piece of the puzzle. Mm. Mm. But the puzzle ain't done. Mm. So now you got that. Mm. So now we need to look around and see, well, where are the other pieces of the puzzle? Because this shit is not fully working. It mm. has not delivered the promise that it was supposed to deliver. So now what's supreme? Now where, do, now where is the next piece of the puzzle? It isn't tear down white supremacy because then because you leave all this shit that you've taken for granted. Hey, man, you tear down white supremacy, your ass is going to be in a concentration camp by the Chinese. Yo, if it even well, the Chinese are the Chinese are following a Marxist doctrine. Mm -hmm. They're following a European system of of uh, government. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in a Chinese context, but they're out there wearing business suits. They ain't wearing no fucking Mandarin collars. <laughs> you feel me? <laughs> like the everybody's everybody's Eurocentric. Everybody's putting putting this supreme. Why are they putting it supreme? Because those have been the best ideas so far. But, but that's just a phase, man. Yeah, it gets better. That's just a phase. Yeah. And also, one of the things about white supremacy has been fucking history, written history. Mm -hmm. Right? Like, written history has been something, and, and going out to other cultures, that's also something that Europeans did that no other culture did. Mm. They went out, and yeah, they tore people apart. Yeah, they conquered people, but they also recorded those people's history. Mm -hmm. They also recorded they recorded those people's customs mm -hmm. because they cataloged shit. They yeah. had taxonomy of shit. They studied these, and it's it, and in many ways, it's through Europeans that we know so much even about ancient African yes. societies. Herodotus, for example. I mean, but even more recent. In terms mm. of anthropologists and archaeologists mm, mm, going in, mm. so many of the archaeologists who have uncovered things that are important in terms of the history of mm, Africa mm, mm, that mm. had faded into the myths of the oral history that mm. were then brought back have been white Europeans yes. in, a Europe, in a European discipline. Mm -hmm. But there comes a point where the shit no longer works. It's just like Akhenaten coming along and saying this cult worship of these multi-gods is not, it ain't it. Mm -hmm. And so that's the point that we have reached right now. And it's like, that doesn't mean tear down 
everything that built us to this point. Mm. Right. It means right. it means because then you then you're back at fucking square one. Yep. Like you don't and you don't want what that looks like. Like mm. our society doesn't remember what that looks like, but that means no fucking courts, no human rights, no democracy, no rule of law. Mm -hmm. You don't want what the fuck that looks like. You mm. really don't. Mm. Mm. No capitalism, mm. no financial system. You don't want you don't want what it looks like before that shit. You don't. Mm. Mm -hmm. You really mm. don't. They wouldn't hack it. <laughs> no. But but what we can have is we can have the next thing. Yeah. 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 That's the key. Yeah. So like so the, the key is to not resist, but the key is to ride the wave. You got a wave, grab your surfboard. You know what I'm saying? Or or get your kite in the wind. Yeah. And get that shit as high as you possibly can using the wind. Don't resist it. Mm -mm. Don't resist it. Ride it. You know? Right. That's where we gotta be. Yeah. I'm gonna get into some super chats. Um Do it. I, I got not, like I got very little battery, but hopefully we're still good. All right. I brought my um, I brought my phone out here. But go ahead. You got your phone? Can you can you grab the charger real fast? It's it's trying to charge. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's, um, trying to it's charge. trying to charge. All right, cool. Let me let me hurry up with the super chats. Um, T West, he said, I've been telling my peers the same thing. Removing statues only lead to the future. Forgetting the past as the darkness repeats itself. T West, what a wise man. Um, Claude Fuller, can you give thoughts on yay tweets? Just tuned in. Claude Fuller, go ahead and rewind. Um, epic epic conversation on yay we just had. Um, Brody McFarland, fifty dollars super chat. Damn. Damn. Thank you, Brody. Thank you, Brody. He said, God is love. Hotep's, Hotep is greater than resistance. Yes, yes, we ain't resisting. None of this shit. Y'all want to do that fuck shit? Go ahead and do it. We over here doing our thing. Uh, Krista Manah, thank you. $10 super chat. Uh, Chad says, I am a child of the most high greatness's destiny. Yes, yes, yes. All right, so Vin, I need you to expound upon the point because I know somebody going to try and take it out of context. Mr. your words. What did you mean when you said you said something about the African people and them being the ones with the answer, right? Like, uh -huh. what, where'd you get that from? What it sounds like you sound like Nick Cannon the other day when he's talking about black supremacy. <laughs> no, 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 no. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. So, that's why I, so that's why I want you to expand. Yeah. So if you if you want to know what the problem with any system is person who you have to ask. so in order to have a solution you have to know what the problem is right okay. in order to formulate a solution correct you first have to be able to articulate the problem i know this is a software developer that it's like not only do you have to articulate the problem but you have to fully articulate the problem like you have to dig deeply into the problem and articulate that shit mm -hmm. right now the only way to articulate the problem in a in a uh, at scale and this is an economic idea. This is like the Hayekian idea of price theory. None of us have all the information. But when we all get together, then we're able to set prices across everything and then it works itself out. And this is the way that the free market works. So the idea here is if you want to know the problem in a system, and this is acknowledged by everybody involved in this, I think, but it's just that people haven't fully articulated what's going on. You have to interrogate the individuals who have experienced the problem the most often. 
Okay. And who have experienced the problem at its worst. Mm. Right? And so if you look at Western culture, we can say a lot of good things about it, but we have to say that there are trade-offs. And so if we want to interrogate how do we move forward and build solutions that mitigate some of those negative trade-offs that have happened within our culture, to bulwark ourselves against a complete deterioration of the culture, to move it forward in a way where there aren't those problems, it has to come from people who have experienced the problems the most often, the longest, and with the most intensity. Now, that doesn't mean that they have to be the ones to solve it. We mm. can all solve it together. But if you're looking for a description of the problem, it's going to come from the most articulate individuals out of that particular set. Okay. Does that make sense? Oh, absolutely. Beautifully put. And so, and so if you were going to look for that in Western culture, Individuals of African descent have have the broadest experience of that over the longest period of time across the dimensions. So that is to say they have it in Africa. They have it in the Americas under slavery. They have it, uh, you know, interacting on an international level. They have it across many different cultures within the Americas. So so you have this broad wealth of information that you can interrogate for what is the problem. And the answer is not simply white supremacy. It's much deeper than that, but very few people are even taking a, the time to try to analyze what is the problem. And here's the answer. If you get, or, or, or here's the wonderful thing, is that if you interrogate the problem and you get it to a point where you say, here's the problem, and you unleash the culture to solve it, then it solves it for everyone. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And you can recruit every member of the culture. Not You're not blaming somebody. We were all born with the problem. Right. We all inherited the problem. We were born in, into the problems. And whoever caused the problem is long dead. And they didn't know that they were causing a problem. For the most part, they were doing the best that they could in the circumstances that they had. And so the only way for us to recruit every member of our culture, of all races, of all backgrounds, to be able to solve the problem is first we have to articulate the problem. I feel like we are doing that very, I feel like I'm trying to do it as an individual. But I feel like as, as a whole, if I'm to look to people of African descent around the world, we've done a, a pretty good job of it. I think that we could be doing better, but I do see that many individuals are showing up to do that work. And I think that those are the individuals that need to be listened to. Mm, mm. What's the problem, Vin? Do you know, or, or vaguely, do you know what the problem is? Yeah, I, I think, I think I know. Uh, and do you even call it a problem? Like, I think that it's a cycle. Right. It's, mm. it's a cycle. Basically, basically, where we're at right now is we're at the we're at the stage of the what the, the Indian tradition calls the Vaishya age, the, the age of the, the merchant. We've reached all the way to the end of that. And we're in a mode where everything wants to flatten itself out. We've reached into a hierarchy 
And in reaching into that merchant age, we've empowered a lot of people. So the average, you know, uh, the president of the United States has the same features on his Twitter account that a brand new Twitter user has. Mm-hmm. You know, and so as these democratizing platforms move forward, uh, people people do not the hierarchies don't make sense to them anymore. Mm. Like they just want it to be merit based. They want it to be flattened out, and they want it to be merit based. Right. And that's really what people are saying when they are pulling down statues and talking about white supremacy. Is they're like, well, why do you? By virtue of your birth, you shouldn't have privilege. Like things are flat. It should be based on your merit. Right. And that's, I mean, fundamentally creating systems whereby those hierarchies are flattened and where the empowerment of the individual to become the greatest that they can be. That's the problem. We have stopped empowering the individual. Mm. And because we don't have the tools to empower the individual, all that is left is to tear down other individuals, to bring them down to the, lo- to the level of the lowest. So mm. instead of raising the individuals up, all you have left is to tear down. And if there's anywhere and any group of people, particularly descendants of slaves in the Americas, who can speak to how do you take an individual from the bottom and raise them to something that they could be proud of, there's no greater tradition than that mm. that we have access to. Mm. 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 Yeah, the answers are right there. Yeah. Right there. Uh, right there. Powerful. Powerful. Um, so before your battery runs out, we got to talk about mm. your tech. We got to talk about your tech. You said you have some sort of SMS wallet. What's, what's this thing that's happening? So that's Cointex, Cointex Cointex.io. We're in, we've reduced the number of countries. We were in 40 countries, but we weren't getting usage in like half of them. So now I think we're in 20 something countries. Uh, Well, what does that mean for you? What what does that mean for you logistically? What are you pulling back when you say you're not going to be in these countries anymore? Uh, Access numbers. So basically it's a wallet that you're able to use with text commands by texting to a number. It's basically like a bot. You could text to a bot, but it's a non-custodial wallet. You have control of your keys. Uh, but it's, you don't need internet. You don't need a smartphone. So we've got people in places like from Ukraine to uh, South Africa that are using this to send, uh, crypto and you can send any, uh, any Bitcoin cash address and also any number that is in a, a country and you can immediately send somebody crypto. So that's very cool. Um, but then I, you know, I also do pretty extensive work in the Bitcoin and cash community, uh, release protocols, various protocols that are now being used for um, especially token stuff. And here we're doing a lot with stable coins, uh, particularly with the USDH and also with Tether. I'm really big on stable coins moving on the, the permissionless platforms. So basically one-to-one US dollar tokens. And so we've got businesses here set up with point of sales and whatnot. We've got people using crypto. And so that's really what I'm trying to expand now is to take it into the next the next phase of this sort of evolution. I'm a big like peer-to-peer cash guy. I'm big on it being used in commerce. I'm not real big on like speculation. For years now, I've earned all of my income in cryptocurrency, uh, 100% of it. Mm. And so, um, and you know, my businesses ex- accept cryptocurrency as well. I've got a monthly newsletter called Counter Markets. You can get cryptocurrency, uh, you know, get your subscription there. I've got a vodka company, Baby Vodka. We accept cryptocurrency exclusively. 
Um, so my books, my latest book, I sell exclusively for cryptocurrency, uh, self-ownership, and my next book will be the same. So for me, I'm really just about pushing this forward. I think that it's the most important thing to, again, empower the individual to be able to interact in a peer-to-peer manner. And, uh, you know, so, so that's, what mm. I, that's what I do full-time now. Like, mm. it's full-time for me, uh, Bitcoin stuff and uh, programming, mm. besides, you know, having these wonderful conversations. That's what I yeah. do. What language are you programming in? Uh, so Cointext is written exclusively in Python. But uh, right now, most of most of what I'm working in is um, variants of JavaScript, so Node.js, and then our, our wallets and our point of sale are in React. Um, throughout my career, I've written in just about everything uh, except like C++, although I've done C var- a lot of C variants. Mm-hmm. But there's so much right now on the application side that's JavaScript, and it's accessible to the most amount of people. There's the highest number of developers. It's easiest for new developers to get involved in. And so, yeah, that's been, for some reason, the Bitcoin Cash community, that's what they've really picked up on the application side. And uh, so that's what I'm working in right now. So as somebody who is currently learning JS, right, is there mm-hmm. any advice you can give me? You know, because, um, for example, right, like I'm going through these exercises and then I'm mm-hmm. going back through them. And I'm, I'm wondering, should I keep doing that until I master some of these basics? No. Nope. No, I, I, I'm a big proponent of going the opposite direction, right? Find, a, find an application that's a relatively simple application that you want to build. Node is great because there's all kind of modules, right? So you can sort of build your application with these modules. And start just building a very simple application using those modules. And then as you need things, go in and modify the modules. Or go in and modify. And then start researching the actual problems that you have. Okay. Because rather than doing the uh, exercises, when you actually research the problems and you solve it for yourself in a meaningful way that solves something in your application, you've got it for life. All right. You've got it. Okay. Right. Whereas uh, exercises have never done that for me. And I, I have a feeling we probably learn in the same way. I have mm-hmm. a feeling. So I would say pick an application that you think is interesting and just start building. You know, building, just, a, just building an application stuff. from scratch using certain mo- modules. Yeah. Yeah. Like do it in wow. Node, do it in Node.js, and just do it. Just start out like that. So should I just scrap, I should I be scrapping my um free code camp course and just put that to the side, or continue learning, or or do I both? mean, if you if you feel like you have like you can declare variables and you have an idea of like what oh, I can definitely you know that. the 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 different data structures are numbers and arrays and objects and how how to create them and how to log something out to the console and what a function is and you know how to how to declare functions and how to create them and I'll, just start coding. Okay. You know? Sh- yeah. Shut up and code. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So I'm at the point now where I'm trying to understand objects and yes. I'm, I'm trying to understand um, calling different functions within an object, right? Yes. And, methods. Yeah, methods. Methods. Yes, methods. That that's where I'm at on my learning. How how far am I? I'm probably still like in baby. You're right space. there. You're right there. That's it. That's all. That's all you need to. Know. Yeah. Because <laughs> honestly, like, now just start going. Yeah. Because it's like I'm trying yeah. to pull from like like these exercises ask me to pull from this object, and it's like you need some with the bracket, then dot notation and bracket, and it's just like. Um... You'll get it. You'll get it when you start because you'll do these modules, and then you'll see the examples in the modules, and then it'll just take you a few times of going and just doing the little examples, and you're like, "Oh, that's how it works." 
Okay. Right. You just need the code. You need the code. I'm okay. almost out of bat. I'm at two percent of battery right now. All right. Last question. So should yeah. I just continue just breeze through my course and while I yeah start breeze through it. All right. Yeah, breeze breeze, through breeze breeze through it and code. And I have a feeling that you you won't reach the end because you'll be like, I got this shit. That's great news, Vin. That's great yeah. news. You just, you just <laughs> helped me out a lot. Thank you. Yo, Vin, Vin's website is in the description box below. As you already know, you guys should be following this guy. You need to be buying his stuff. Oh, hey, Vin, I do got one last question before you go. I probably Yo, asked this hurry, off, but hurry. <laughs> uh recommended Carl Jung book. Oh boy. Uh I mean, I like Aeon. Um it's pretty, it's pretty deep and a little bit dark, but I think that it's appropriate for the time. He gets into a lot about alchemy, which I think is important. So I would say Aeon for sure. Dope. All right, I'm going to start reading. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you All right, you brother, thank on. you. I'm going to bring you back soon in the future, man. Uh, it, was, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much. Hell yeah. Peace. Right. As y'all know, it was another wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uncomfortable conversation i was very comfortable um shout to vin armani uh back with another video <laughs> who created that that's what i used to say uh vin armani, vin armani is amazing i like this guy hotep jesus i've been a i've been a fan since back with another video learned a lot from you i am a god yeah that's what i used to do with another video i used to do that before all my videos damn og what's up man thank you uh halima i'll see you tomorrow morning at my uh summit in case people don't know i um i help entrepreneurs get their ideas off the ground or scale and get to the next phase of their business uh that's at brianshark.co slash summit it's only like 90 bucks a month i cost 90 90 you know 150 dollars an hour so you know 97 dollars a month you can get my time um and uh usually i charge you know anywhere from 2500 to 3k or better for a monthly stipend and that's working like you know part-time part-time um so yeah if you guys ever want help with your business entrepreneurship uh brian sharp slash summit and um, i'm going to continue to bring you some great and amazing people. I already got my guests for next week and I got like the next four guests already planned out. So um, keep tuning in every Friday, 7 p.m. I'm here. Wednesday is uh, with Crypto uh, with Wendy, um, uh, Crypto Wendy O. Uh, it's our relationship show every Wednesday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern time. And as most of you know, Hotel has been told you every Thursday at 8 p.m. That's the premiere show on this channel. Great last one, Uncle Hotel. Y'all be safe and thank you for watching.